can't hear you over this nuclear blast that I initiated to let you get away. Don't do it! You'll never survive! No, our friends keep dying to let us move on! I know. First someone bravely stuffed himself into a tank turret, then my sister triggered a switch in a room full of cobras, and then those orphans ate tainted monkey brains so we wouldn't have to. Wait, he somehow survived that nuclear blast which leveled an entire country! How are you alive? Found a really sturdy refrigerator, of course. They can survive anything! Here it comes, podcasting's finest few hours of gaming prizes! Action RPG fans, come on down! Final Fantasy players, come on down! Might and Magic lovers, come on down! And Disgaea fanboys, come on down! You are the first four contestants on the RPG Backtrack! And here are the stars of the RPG Backtrack, Phil Willis and Mike Mickey. your swords and prepare your spells. Your friends at RP Gamer got a story to tell. Are you ready to hear about your favorite RPGs? Because we'll be going back a few years in history. If you've got a backlog that is really long, we'll tell you what's right to play and what is wrong. We've got RP Gamer staff on the mic to talk about these games for most of the night. So pull up a chair. We will give you no flack. You're listening to the RPG Backtrack. And welcome to RPG Backtrack, your favorite show. We talk about the games from the way back, or the RPGs from the way back when, right up through yesteryear. This is episode number 145, A Whale in Space, and I am one of your hosts, Phil Willis, and this is the Indomitable, the one, the only, Mike Meeky. I'm so inimitable and indomitable that you did my voice there. Amazingly well done, Phil. That's, Kudos to you. That's what I do. And uh, and 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 hey, you know what? We we're gonna break some eggs tonight because <laughs> we got Cassandra Ramos. Hello, everybody. Yeah, how you doing, Cassandra? Good, good. Do you hear this voice? Do you hear this voice? Do you hear a smile in my voice? I bet it. Yeah, yeah. You know why? No, I don't. Because <laughs> we're talking about one of my favorite RPGs and one of my most hated RPGs tonight. We're talking about... they have the same title? They have the same title. They have the same title. Tonight... Well, one of them has two letters after it. That's right. Tonight we are talking about... Well, uh, the other one technically has two letters after it. Just one of them is a V and one of them is an I. (laughs) Tonight we are talking about Final Fantasy IV and its very incarnations and little expansions or whatever the hell they're called, DLCs. Uh, and, And, you know, you wouldn't think that one thing might take up the whole show, but... 
Oh, man, there are so many iterations of this game. It's not even funny. Uh, so, wow, we got a lot to talk about there. And, and we're going to we're gonna also touch a little bit on, on a little bit of E3 tonight. We got Cassandra here. She's she's all about that E3 news, aren't you, Cassandra? Well, I try my best. <laughs> That's... Now, here on the the RPG Backtrack, we, we tend to focus, you know, the whole show is about talking about retro uh, role-playing gaming, but uh, there's a lot of retro news, uh, so mm-hmm. to speak. A lot of sequels and stuff, so we're going to touch on that uh, tonight and, and, in the final round. And re-releases. Round. And re-releases, yeah. And a remake of something that we talked about a long time ago. Long, long time ago, man. You have to go back in our archives for some of this stuff, man. It's just... Ooh, wow, another one just popped into my head. Got to write it down the list. So while I go and I do that, uh, I'm going to put on a little ditty from Final Fantasy IV, and we'll be right back. Oh my gosh, we are ready to talk about Final Fantasy IV, and this is this is where it gets just a uh, just a little 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 crazy here because 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 the original version in North America was not Final Fantasy IV. Well, no, when and I it confuses people to this very day. When when I bought it, it was Final Fantasy II because Final Fa- the actual two and three they've stayed a long time. North American gamers just couldn't be trusted with. Them. I'm sure that was Square's reading. Yeah. So, oh my goodness gracious! Uh, I am not probably going to list every single remake. It was originally released um, on the SNES as Final Fantasy II on July 19th, 1991. I believe that's the Japanese release date. And then, uh, boy, I, I, I although we... it it did come out pretty soon after the Super Nintendo came out in North America. There wasn't much of a lag, and you can tell by the translation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a it was a little rough around the edges. You spoony podcasting host, you. Uh, boy, so Final Fantasy. Uh, let's see here, versions and re-releases, and oh my gosh, they got like a well, chart. There, there was the the easy type version, which is I think what we got over here because American role playing gamers were known to be such idiots that they needed an easy type. Mm-hmm. We then later, uh, and I gosh, I, I I got to find that in a minute. I'll find that date in a minute. But we later on we got a a PlayStation port. Um, that that was the same disc that came with the port of uh, Chrono Trigger, didn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, part, part, part of Final Fantasy Chronicles. 
Oh, and it it was on the Wonder Swan in Japan. Boy, don't hey, yeah. <laughs> then later on, we got it on the Game Boy Advance, which I think yeah. is based on the Wonder Swan version. And uh, then we got a we got a we got a Nintendo DS remake with fancy 3D graphics. We did. Yep. Uh, and then uh, let's see here. The original version of the game was released on the Wii Virtual Console in Japan. Uh, let's see, and in Nor- North America on March eighth, twenty ten. Uh, and then, uh, then later on with Final Fantasy for the After Years, you got the PlayStation Portable version, which I, I got almost all of these. And then on the Wii, we, yeah, the Wii has the After Years. So, okay, good grief. I, I can't keep track of all of this stuff. So <laughs> and, the, now, and now Steam has the After Years. Yeah, so you can't play the original version on the Wii, as far as I can think of. But you yes, see, I'm pretty sure you can. can still you? Final Fantasy 2 on there. I don't know about the Wii U, but I think it's still on the Wii version. Oh, on console. the Virtual Console. Okay, yes, all right. Virtual Console. And then you can go and play the After Years, which you have to get from the Wii Shop or whatever the hell it's called. Yeah, I don't think that's on Wii U either. Probably no, no point in putting on there anymore. <laughs> wow, that is so so confusing. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna start off talking about the. Um, the the story and stuff, which is pretty much the same across the board, um, at least with the original game, and uh, and then later on we might go ahead and uh, when we talk about the after years as like a separate thing, uh, we we'll see what we can do with that. But uh, but first we'll talk about the story. Uh, we'll talk about and then we'll start off with the SNES version, uh, and we'll go through each each one of those those versions. Um, I think the combat's pretty. I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. The, yeah, the combat's pretty similar in each one, but each version also, some of the versions anyways, bring some interesting mechanics to the table. I use there, are, the, there are subtle differences through each uh, one. Yeah, yeah, especially in my favorite version of the game. So, oh, but we haven't gotten to We haven't got version. there. We haven't gotten to my favorite version. So uh, we're going to stop talking about the story. While you two talk about the story, I'm going to go fill up my, my liquor glass here because I'm going to need to be ready for the later versions of this game. So uh, let's talk, why don't you guys talk about the story because it's a little bit fresher in your minds. Somewhat. <laughs> Somewhat, okay. yeah. This is the tale of Cecil, who is a dark knight in the service of the Kingdom of Baron. And he's going off on a mission with his best pal, Kane to steal a crystal from, uh, I think it's the... the Missidia. The ta- yeah, Missidia. I, I couldn't remember if it was the town or the country of Missidia. Town, I believe, yeah. Which will come back to haunt him eventually because he goes about it in the way he was ordered to by his king, but a very violent and bloodthirsty way. <laughs> and after he does that and dares to express doubts to the previously uh, illustrious king of Baron, he and Cain get tasked with carrying a package to a, na- a village of summoners, or at least that's what it was called in the Super Nintendo version, a package. A package that promptly turns into a fiery maelstrom that kills almost everyone in the city when you get there. Package seems a little a little light for that kind of load. He is separated from Cain there, but one summoner survives, the young girl Rydia. And he come he just takes her along because she's you know, he just killed everybody in her hometown, so he's got nothing better to do except trying to atone for that. And he eventually meets an old man named Tella who also accompanies him for a while because Tella is all about vengeance against the Empire. And they fight an octopus at some point. Uh, there's a lot of goofy stuff that happens here, so I'm, I'm skimming a bit. <laughs> eventually he gets separated from everybody. He's all alone. He washes up on shore right next to Missidia, and the people there understandably treat him rather appropriately given the last time that he was there. 
But the elder of Mysidia, he is an understanding sort and gives him a couple of ch- of child magicians to help out. If you say you're gonna you're searching for atonement, then I'll help you do it. Here, go up to the mountain, change your class. It's just that easy. All you have to do is go up to the top of the mountain. While ominous, sinister scenes play back in Baron as a new evil in charge of the country is revealed to be Golbez. And Golbez, even though he's technically under the King of Baron, has his own minions. The elemental minions of Earth. Wind, water, and fire. And yes, you will fight all of them, eventually. And the first one to get out in your face is the evil minion of Earth, Minon, or Mylon, I can't remember right now. And he's so evil that he comes back from the dead and attacks you from behind. So beat him up again. <laughs> or, you know, use a phoenix down, if you have one. That'll take care of it. Kind of undead. <laughs> oh, I forgot Edward. I can't believe I forgot to mention Edward the Spoony Bard. Gosh. Because he's such a great character. Yeah, he was yep. very useful as cannon fodder. Just put and... him in the front row and let him take the hits. <laughs> yeah, all two of them before he drops. Before he drops. <laughs> he's terrible cannon fodder. What are you talking about, He Joel? He permanently... He's, I... gla- he's a glass toy cannon. We're kind of veering off into combat here, but let me tell you something, boys and girls. He scarred me for life ever since him. Anytime I played any Final Fantasy care, a game with a bard in it at any point in time, I just didn't use them. I did whatever I could to keep them out of my party. He's that useless. Uh, He's apparently improved quite a bit in um, the, at least the DS version. <laughs> I still didn't use him. I got mm-hmm. an augment out of him and then went on my merry way. It, it, we're getting off track. Yes. No. <laughs> okay. Cecil becomes a paladin. Which, of course, means that he takes off all of his dark, evil-looking armor, which would be very useful for protective purposes, and puts on... Well, he gets a, a nice flowing hairdo and some armor around his chest area, but also sort of a robe. And, you know, because that... A keen fashion sense is also a very good protective item sometimes. And off he goes to try and, now that he's changed class, help Baron overcome the evil that is within it now. And he does that, and along the way he picks up Yang, the the kung fu master who kicks things a lot. That's oh, and his wife likes to hit him on the head with a frying pan. That's about his entire character. (laughs) And they get into Baron, and the second fiend appears. It is the fiend of water, uh, which looks kind of like a shellless turtle, and it's it's so evil that it makes the two child magicians, who were actually spies, but you know they're. They, they really found that Cecil was a good guy. He was sincere, so they wanted to come along. He did. Then they have to sacrifice themselves to protect from this evil fiend's last death throes of turning the room into a death trap. And so not they, even a gold needle can cure them. Nope. Because they chose to turn to stone. Yep, that's apparently how it works. <laughs> well, if their willpower is strong enough, I guess nothing can cure them until a convenient plot contrivance at the end. But never mind. <laughs> uh... We haven't found Kane yet. He's still acting evil. I'm trying to remember... This is about the time Rosa gets kidnapped. Rosa is Cecil's girlfriend. She's his girlfriend the whole way through, which is actually nice because it means we don't have to endure any awkward meet-cutes. Will they or won't they? They will. (laughs) I know. And she has been kidnapped because she is a Final Fantasy damsel, and we have not yet come to the point where Final Fantasy damsels are past automatic kidnapping. And she's being suspended under what looks like a giant guillotine, although these being early Super Nintendo graphics, you have to kind of look at it with uh, 
a generous friend of mine. And in order to get her back, Kane helps because he always had a thing for Rosa too. And we, we never dig into that too much, which is probably for the best. We we don't want to have that kind of storyline in our Final Fantasies yet. And he helps you beat the third evil fiend, Barbaricia. Or Valvolus, I think was her original name, because Barbaricia is too long to fit into those text limits of Super Nintendo games. <laughs> and you beat her up. You free Rosa. And by this time, you... Oh, I'm, I'm completely skipping the annoying cave where you have to take off everything metal in order to get the crystal out from the the psychotic imp or gremlin or whatever dark it was. El- it was a dark elf or the dark or magneto <laughs> I don't think Marvel would have let that fly that's why they called him the dark elf but it was really magneto <laughs> everybody knew it because ah, you couldn't wear any course. metal armor uh, until another convenient plot contrivance when you can oh yes the convenient plot contrivance of Edward doing something useful getting up because he's he's been bedridden he's so injured but he strums his harp and it carries all the way to that cave ah what is noise do not like ah is pretty much the gist of it and you can use metal again which helps a lot uh and then we go into the center of the earth because there are four more crystals this was very well established beforehand there was lots of foreshadowing that there were more than four crystals yay <laughs> And you go down into the earth, you meet gnomes, and they say, hi-ho, and lolly-lolly a lot, or lolly-ho. Yeah, lolly. Yeah, the dwarves lolly-ho. See, I'm, I'm getting all these people mixed up because it really goes by in a blur. There's a lot going on in this game, but it doesn't necessarily hang together that well. Mm-hmm. Uh, your good friend Sid the Engineer joins you. Sid has one heck of a beard. That is an impressive beard this man has. And we go through the underground caves and underground stuff, and eventually we meet the Tower of Babel, and we get to fight the fourth fiend, Rubicant, who's a nice guy because he heals you before you fight because he wants to fight you at your best, and he's the master of flame. Well, not so much nice as he is honorable, as honorable as a bad guy can be. By the standards of this game's bad guys, he's nice. (laughs) True enough. Uh, And you eventually have all the crystals... Except, but one lined up, and then you go into the the f- magically booby trapped cave, which is actually a really nasty place. You have to fight the wall to get out, and then you get out, and Kane betrays you because he is still under the control of Golbez. Kane, and, no! And oh gosh, I'm skipping all these other things. I'm skipping when Rydia comes back and saves you from Golbez, who was. Honestly, he would have killed you if you if she hadn't come along right then. Okay, I got mm-hmm. a story, but I don't want to interrupt and sidetrack you, so keep going. Okay. See, oh, she's so also much... she's also aged up because she spent time in the uh, land of uh, what the, the land of the Idolans. Or, I don't think they call them Idolans back then. Yeah, exactly. Summon monsters, summon creatures. Yeah, which you can eventually go to, and strangely enough, you don't age if you go there, but she does. Whatever. <laughs> it means that she now looks about sixteen, seventeen instead of. Eight nine, mm-hmm. and you meet Edge, the ninja, who is wow, he's creatively got, named. Yeah, uh, sure. Well, you know, he used well. He's he should have been called Edges because he uses two blades. Ah, uh. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was terrible. Uh, and man, he's got lots of what I have to refer to as Tude. Remember the early '90s when Tude was everywhere? He's got Tude off the charts. <laughs> and as a ninja, he's able to throw things which are generally quite destructive and he has ninja magic and he's really fast he can't take punches very well but he can dish them out so you know it's it's kind of good that he's with you for the rest of the game after you get him you've got Rydia, you've got Rosa Rosa never leaves you again 
and she and Cecil never really have much of a way of conversation or relationship after the after they get together once she's safe. But oh well. <clears throat> but Kane has betrayed you, and now we learn that Golbez has gone to the moon. So let's let's go to the moon using the whale shaped spaceship that goes up there. And up there we learn we learn a lot of stuff actually. We learn that there's an old guy named Fusoya who's going to help you take down the the evil that came from within the moon and you go down and infiltrate a mechanical walking giant that is fighting all the people you've befriended along your adventure and you do that and Fusoya leaves you but Kane comes back because he's no longer under Golbez's mind control and you learn that Cecil and Golbez are brothers (gasps) no dun 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 shocker and Golbez is now freed from the evil mind control of the moon, and he's really ticked off that he was having his mind controlled because, you know, he he was pretty tough, and you never actually beat him. So I'm fine that he's going off to fight the the real bad guy, who you meet now is a really super evil bad guy living in the moon whose name is Zemus. He's so evil that he just wouldn't go into cold sleep with all the other people from the destroyed planet between Mars and Jupiter yeah, this is, I guess this is Earth. <laughs> Go figure. Yep. And he's so evil that he wants to reshape the blue planet in his own fashion. And when Golbez and Fusoya kick the crap out of him, he his hatred is so strong that it takes sentience and comes back as Zeromus. And you then have then you get to watch Golbez and Fusoya get their butts kicked, and then you get to watch everybody cheer you on and psychically rouse you somehow. And you better have done some level grinding because otherwise Zeromus is seriously going to kick the crap out of you with its big bangs. And, uh... Oh, I've, I've missed the point where Tella sacrificed himself. Tella, using, no! He used the spell that he never had enough MP to cast. Where did you get it from, <laughs> Tella? Your ass? No! <laughs> it's sheer willpower, of course. But, by the way... To answer the question that's on all of our listeners' mind right at this moment, yes, the drinking has begun. Okay, keep going. What else is there? You, you beat Zeromus. That's not a spoiler. Anybody who doesn't hear, know what <laughs> Zeromus is, you haven't been paying attention for the last 24 years. I'm trying to think of some random things. I think Edge has to fight his parents that have been turned into monsters by Golbez. I don't remember when. No, it was by some Dr. Lugay like that. He was a doctor under oh, okay. the of, yeah, there you go. of Golbez, maybe? Yeah, okay, so a, a minion of Golbez is whatever. Yeah. They, were still, they still had to be fought and killed. Yeah, well, he was... And he was this distraught. Is, this, is right, this is right after he he sicked a robot on you that malfunctioned, I think. <clears throat> uh, what else? And, the, the, uh, I'm trying to remember here. Uh... Hmm. You know what? We'll probably come up with them as we go along. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh yes, uh, in the the evil magic giant that's trying to conquer the world, uh, all the four elemental fiends have come back, and you get to fight them one after another in the same battle. Because <laughs> why not? Mm-hmm. Elemental fiends, no. But at least Rubicand is there, so he heals you fully. You know, otherwise, you... that that giant is kind of nasty. You'll probably be low on MP at that point. <laughs> I think that's about it. I think we've managed to cover all the major points. Cool. Let me tell you guys something. Is it in the, Is it just the DS version where, uh, as, of course, as meaningful as this is, Cecil and Rosa get married? <laughs> or, or is it in all of them? I don't know. I think that happens at the end of all of them. Of all of them. Okay, then. Well, they get married. 
you know, in totally in, in early Super Nintendo sprite form, where you okay, the, yeah, that that kind of looks like a wedding. I'll take your word for it, game. Um, well, yeah, the the combat anim- animations and the out of combat animations are very very different in this game. World of detail. Detail. Okay, so we're we're focusing on the Super Nintendo version. And, and don't ask me to remember any story nuances of the SNES version because, I mean, uh, okay, let me let me rectify a wrong right here. Here's the official release date, which is about the time I played this thing. Uh, Final Fantasy IV was released in the, or two as it was called back in the day, was released <laughs> in North America on November 23rd, 1991. See, that's, um, that's uh, what is that, four and a half that's months? That's only four and a half months. It's it's almost as if they just ram, bam, slammed that translation right through and uh, slapped that thing on a cartridge and got it out to us. That's now, a spoony statement, Phil. It is. It really is. Uh, <laughs> so... I, w- I want y'all to put on your, your 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 time machine caps here, okay? So Phil was had played plenty of PC RPGs, dungeon crawlers, the Gold Box Dungeon Dragons games with their fantastic tactical combat system. Uh, forced my way through Dragon Quest, which I felt like the original Final Fantasy and the I, I had played Dragon Quest uh, four, Dragon Warrior for whatever the hell it was called. You know, those to me felt like steps back compared to PC RPGs because they weren't as deep. They had a uh, uh, they had these trite stories about saving princesses and worlds and stuff like that. Nothing, nothing that was you know mind blowing. Uh, though four had the cute thing with the chapters and character each chapter, and we talked about that before. But uh, you know, I mean, there was there was this segregation between the story and the combat, and the stories were just told through some text here and there, and and and, and, and that was about that was about it. But then you got to the Super Nintendo, you got to, to, to Final Fantasy IV, and, and, and here you, you – of course, of course, you have the more colors. You have, uh, uh, you have better graphic fidelity. You have music that is orchestrated so well that it sticks into your head to this day. But what in the hell is that noise? I think it's my ferret. Oh, how cute! I, I think there was a ferret in one of these Final Fantasy. Anyway, so, so but what was cool was in this game did not tell just tell the story through um, through some text bubbles here and there. It would happen in like cutscenes with the sprites. You'd walk into that. You'd walk into the town. You know, you're like I think you mentioned this before. If you didn't, here's a part of the story at the beginning. But you walk into that town. You're the Dark Knight or the Two Knights or whatever, and you got this gift from the king to give to the town of whatever. It's a box and it opens up, and these bombs come out and set the whole thing on fire. This isn't just told through some text bubbles. This is this is played out for you in a cutscene with the sprites and everything. But it doesn't stop there. There's choreographed dancing characters uh, at some point. You talk to the dancers. They start dancing on the screen. Music plays. They're, they're choreographed. It's really cool. Um, then um, – uh, but 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 what, probably the most mind blowing way of the the sto- the plot moving forward. This was before we had FAQs. This was before we well <laughs> we did have hint books, but I was too poor to afford those. I could barely get a used copy of this game somewhere or borrow from a friend. But, or the hint books back in the day, fifteen bucks. Yeah, or the magazines, don't which put, you know. inflated for today's dollar values like thirty eight ninety nine. Uh, hey, <laughs> but well, so so everything I experienced in the story for the most part wasn't. You know, I had no idea it was coming whatsoever. So you talked about where Rydia comes and saves you, and for some reason, does that have to do with a battle with any dolls? For some reason, am I mixing up my yes. battles here? Yeah, there was a yeah battle against marionettes, which I recall not so much giving me some trouble, but I think you kind of go one battle after another. But, but again, that, this is the DS version, though. Was so that where Rydia joined back again? 
after yes. that, yeah, after that fight with the dolls, you fight. Oh, Golbez, okay. Anyway, you beat up the you beat up the dolls. Golbez comes in, Golbez completely comes. trounces you, and then Rydia shows up and summons uh, Miss uh, Dragon. I, I, I think, yeah, Miss Dragon. Miss okay, Dragon. all right. So and, and actually makes him go away. Phil is playing this game. Okay, and, and I, you know, granted, my memory's a little foggy. It has been 20, how many, 24 years, whatever. But but I'm telling you, I'm in this battle with these freaking lame-ass dolls. They're kicking my butt. It's going back and forth. I literally had one character KO here. It wasn't like all of a sudden I had characters KO or something like that. Now, maybe Golbez, like you said, Golbez came in. I'm going to take your word for it because I'm a little fuzzy on the details. All I can tell you is I had, like, two party members already kind of down. And then next thing you know, I'm down to, like, one party member on his knees and I'm already throwing the controller at the screen because it's been like 25 minutes or something like that, and suddenly Rydia shows up and saves our effing bacon. And, you know, in this story cutscene that you mentioned, I cannot tell you how mind-blowingly awesome that was. I will never forget Rydia. I, she saved my ass. It was such and an it's emotional... it's not even really a story cutscene because the fight just continues. Yeah. You have to, you have to keep it up or You else... still have to beat him. Right, right. It isn't just... So it didn't feel... It didn't feel even... I mean, uh, there are, there are like, other RPGs I played later on that would have, like, battle cutscenes. And, and sometimes you'll be fighting a boss in some of these RPGs, and he's just so incredibly impossible. You're like, okay, this is this is clearly the game wants me to lose so a cutscene can happen. And sure enough, that's what happens. And this... Uh, now, but, but back in 1991, we'd never seen that before. Um, I think it happened in the original Final Fantasy 2. I could be wrong. I'm going way off of memory here. But but we didn't have that in America. So this was the first opportunity I ever had it, like a really forced battle. But it was done so well with the marionettes and, and just naturally being a tough enemy. And you may, or, or like me, you may have already had one or two characters KO'd or on their knees or whatever have you. And the way it all pl- played out and the fact that you still had to beat him afterwards felt so incredibly go- organic. It didn't feel like a deus ex whatever it's called. Machina, it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it just felt totally organic. It felt like part of the story, and she came in and saved our ass at the right time. It honestly, it, it just felt so organic, and it was such a memorable experience. I have one other one, but I feel like that relates more to the combat system, so I'll wait till we talk about that a little bit more in detail. But that that it was moments like that, and, and like I said, some of that cho- other choreographed, the cutscenes, uh, the discussions happen with the with everything moving and and uh, you know being choreographed. Uh, it, it was just it was just light years ahead of anything else I had played, uh, especially on the the NES. Um, it was truly a next generation um, RPG experience, and and it was really getting me to see that there was something to be said for console RPGs because up until then. I had felt like that my console RPG experiences were incredibly lackluster to their PC counterparts, and then I, I so with the with Final Fantasy IV, you know, didn't have the depth, the, the tactical combat, or the depth that the PC counterparts had. It, it, it was a little too cutesy still, even though it did have some characters die off along the way. Sort of, it felt a little cheesy. It was still sort kind of, of cartoony, yeah, sort of. <laughs> you know, whereas like Dungeon- I, I, we should probably address that. <laughs> yeah, but 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 it showed me that that JRPGs were an experience and an entirely different experience than PC RPGs that could be enjoyed on their own merits that were completely different in many respects from their PC counterparts. So, uh, very awesome. Okay, now, I mentioned Palom and Porum turning themselves to stone, and yes, they, they won't even accept a golden thread. No, they, they're going to stay stone. They're going to stay the stone. End. But there's Yang. 
Yang, the, the the monk who just kicks things a lot and has an even tougher wife than he is, he just goes into a tower where a cannon is shooting with a bomb and locks the door behind him and uh, just seems to blow it up so that you won't be shot at by this cannon anymore and the tower will be taken care of. And um, he just uh, he just survived it, man. It, you just do that. It's easy. When you go in for a suicide mission, lots of people survive those. Or Sid, who uh, seals the hole to the underground behind him with a bomb that he leaps from a flying airship with, and yeah, he blows up the earth, and there's a big collapse, and you can't get back down there for a while. But he, he survived that, too, because um, uh, he just did. It, it's just that easy. you know? Willpower. Sure. He, he, had enough, he was hot-blooded enough. Uh, Edward! He, I don't know how he survived, but he, he totally did. After the... I, I guess it's kind of lame to have him... To, knocked off with a, sh- with a shipwreck, but he, he lived, even though this being Edward, I would have expected him to drown after five seconds in the water. But, <laughs> no. Yeah, out of at everybody... First, at, first, who... at first seems dead because she gets eaten by Leviathan with that same shipwreck. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, this was a frustrating part. Right? The, the cutscenes where people would come in or leave, like, especially the way Rydia came back, were totally awesome, but it did get kind of frustrating at times that you know if you're trying to build up a party uh like you would in any other rpg but the players keep changing along the way the characters keep changing along the way it got frustrating uh to some degrees and it's it's yeah it it was a little frustrating that i just want to put that out there because yeah they would come they would go occasionally come back again like i said when Rita came back though the way she came back totally made me forgive her but the rest of Kane? actually i was very happy when the bard left and didn't come back uh yeah Kane, that was a little irritating because he was a key a key player for me for a while yeah so sometimes it was very very and, and frustrating he is again because he comes back at the end yeah yeah so uh, that you know it was show this game showed me the power of having a very choreographed rpg where all the characters are already chosen and named for you essentially and 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 they're all it's part of this really tight narrative uh where even the, the they'll change in and out throughout the story whereas with your typical pc rpg uh, it was an entirely different experience because if you had a party of six, you you would almost always make those characters from scratch, a la Final Fantasy One, and there was really no narrative tied into any one character. It was the plot of save the world and what was going on with the NPCs. But your own party were just called the heroes, and and any uh, any plot device aimed towards the <laughs> aimed towards you had to be put in that framework. But Final Fantasy Four, hey, I had all these little subplots or whatever have you having to deal with with each character. But unlike Dragon Quest Four where you got to play each one but then eventually they all you know they immediately all came together there towards the end and this one oh no you had people go and go forever and you didn't know which ones uh, you know were going to come back if any of them were going to come back so it was a little frustrating to kind of think you know how are you going to strategize at times if you didn't know who was going to come and who did, who was going to go whatever you do be careful about what you give people i think i can't remember if the item showed up in the inventory or not once they left it probably did well it, it wasn't that bad mostly because everybody had unique weapons so Something that Yang could use wouldn't be applicable to anybody else most uh-huh, of the time. Until he takes my ribbon. Did you get a ribbon at that point? I, I don't know. I'm just, I remember. <laughs> I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm just shooting from the up. Um, so, uh, so story, people dying left and right for silly reasons, coming back for sillier reasons sometimes. Um, yeah, and you're right. I mean, there was definitely some big plot holes if you spent too long thinking about any of this. And I, and I swear, boys and girls, listen to me. If you're going to write an RPG 
or an RPG Maker game or whatever hell, you know, whatever have you. you, I understand that when you're writing stories, you need certain things to happen in the plot. You need certain people to die in order to move the plot in this direction or that direction or whatever have you. Make sure that however they disappear or they die or whatever, it's in a way that the magic in the world shouldn't be able to immediately solve. Because, yes, when those kids turn to stone, (laughs) all I kept thinking was, but I've got a soft potion or a feather, whatever the hell it's called, right here. Take it. Really? And they explain it. Yay. Yeah, what's that? And they explain it. They, they actually explain why they don't, even if it's really lame. <laughs> oh, did they try? I just, I was just, I remember yeah, that being stuck yeah, in they, my memory. Yeah, it's like mentioned earlier. Like it says that they, because they chose to turn to stone. Oh they right, right. Both he unturned to stone. I remember that in the DS version. I don't, I don't remember if that was in a Final Fantasy IV oh. version or not. Uh, yeah, I, don't, I mean yeah, the SNES version. I but think you're it right. was. It was. I yeah, I wouldn't know. It's been a while. I just remember going, "Oh, come on, that's silly." I got it right and here. <laughs> to go slightly off topic, they explain it again in five, as I recall. But that's beside the point. Yeah, I mean, and has... of course, of course, when their elder comes along and heals them for the the love, the big, we're going to give you all our energy thing at the end. Uh, that's different because uh, their elder, they listen to their elder. They don't listen to you. Why would they listen to you? Uh, silly me, <laughs> silly me. Um, shoot. Uh, what else can be said about the uh, uh, the story and the character? I mean, just very, very memorable, though. I mean, it's uh, characters that, unlike most of the other earlier RPGs, um, I mean, not that they really even had a lot of character. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, just characters that you would remember forever. I mean, much more character than, let's say, Dragon Quest um, Four. It was really cool, especially to Loon's chapter in Dragon Quest Four. How much, you know, how he had a bit of a story with his wife and stuff. But at Chapter Five, as we mentioned, we talked about that one. The characters took a backseat for uh, the overall plot to save the world, and it quickly devolved into a standard Dragon Quest plot that was, you know, pretty cliche at that point. Um, with, with with Final Fantasy Four. It just felt like, uh, partly because they were so colorful, partly because they they uh, um, because they all you know they had these little stories and they died and they came back and whatnot. They were just they were much more more memorable. And I tell you what, for for decades afterwards, I whenever I play a, an RPG with multiple characters, uh, a lot of times I'll name my characters after the characters in Final Fantasy four and six mm-hmm. because they were such epic, memorable uh, experiences with. Astor. Anyway, uh, okay, so let's talk about the uh, the combat. So this one also uh, brought to the table um, a, a new combat system. Up until this point, uh, uh, we've had in America, we had turn based combat systems in our RPGs, uh, maybe even tactical combat systems if you want to get really deep. But this one introduced uh, a, an active time element. So your characters are on one side, enemies are on the other side in typical Final Fantasy fashion. But uh, there's a little time bar that fills up with each character once it's filled. Oh, you, it's you can't his turn. see it in the original version. Oh, really? Oh, is that uh, so? It's been twenty some years, so I'll take. You can it. see it in most of the remakes, but not in the original. Ah, people just act and they just act when it's their turn. Yeah. On so many seconds. Yeah, you really want to see the bar. That really helps. Uh, oh, and you have five people in your team. That's unusual for Final Fantasy. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. The only time, I think? Yeah, think this, this is what ticked me off, Mike, because it was like five. I think in six it was down to, what, four? Four. And yeah, then, it was, it's been four throughout most of the uh, games, and then, and then it reduced to three in some of the later ones, but and this then, is the only one five. And then Final Fantasy seven came down to three. And and I kept saying to my friends and stuff, what's the next we're going to have? Just two people? Because it kept going down <laughs> with each Final Fantasy. And and, and granted, it kind of went back up. I, you know, Final Fantasy IX, I think, bumped it back up or whatever it for did. a bit. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but hey, look what now, guys. Now we have Final Fantasy Type 0, 15, whatever it is. So you just play what? I'm just kidding. All right. So, or was it Lightning Returns? You just play Lightning. There you go. See? <laughs> Told you it would happen one day. It's um, a spinoff, though. I know. I'm joking. Um, so, uh, so yeah, you had five characters. And, yeah, whether you could see the time bar or not, both the ca- you definitely couldn't see the enemy's time bars. But, yes, they have imaginary time bars that are filling up. Those things fill up slower if they're under the effects of a slow spell faster if they're under the effects of a hay spell. I'm sure it's also partially affected by some agility stat or something that I never really paid attention to. Um, but uh, you, you, you also might want to switch it so that time doesn't pass while you're in a menu, although so that, that is a way of making things more intense. intense. You have to find things real fast. And I believe yeah. that's the default setting, isn't it, Mike? It is the default setting. No, I think it's the default setting to have it past time wherever. You have wherever, to yes. So when you first boot up this game and you're used to playing other games where you can just spend your time looking through your spell selections and think about your stuff and then you notice the monsters keep beating on you while you're in the inventory screens. And you're like, oh, <laughs> oh, hell, this isn't... Yeah, go into your options. Uh, shut that guy off. I do it in every older Final Fantasy game. Uh, shut it to where it's on... I forget what it says, but it's pretty clear in the, the option screen uh, to put it into a passive wait mode. And uh, that way, if you're in those menus, so what you'll want to do on your wizards is first thing, immediately open up their spell list. So that stops and pauses the combat, essentially, so you can pick what you're you're doing. The only other weird thing about that system... Uh, so it does add a sense of uh, immediacy to the combat, makes it a little faster paced, um, a, a bit of urgency, um, which I think was pretty well received, right, Mike? Yeah. Yeah. It's certainly, it's certainly not like anything that came before, and... Unless you, and even if you don't like it, you can set it to the standard wait for me turn order if you want. Yeah. I, I, I liked mm-hmm. it too because I personally liked it because it took a little bit of the guessing game out of the standard uh, Final Fantasy uh, formula of, okay, I put in all when, of my when commanders. When am I going to take my turn and when is the enemy yeah. going to take his? and when is he going to take his, which made it a little bit harder to plan when battles were really tight. Whereas here, your guy goes. Assuming you pick something quick and the enemy hasn't already queued his attack, you'll, you'll probably get your spell right off or whatever. Um, so yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, and slow and haste spells mean a lot more too. Um, boy, you had to get really with those spells. Hmm, what else? Combat, combat. Is this where... Well, every character is completely distinct and there's no customization whatsoever in the original versions. You know, Cecil has some healing spells which are actually pretty good because that means you don't have to use Rose's M- MP all the time. Uh, he, Cecil, he can guard char- he can guard characters too, I think. I forget what that's called, but yeah, that's you know, if they're about to die, he can, you know, run in and defend them. I forget what that's called. Yeah, it's some cover, cover, though. cover, cover, right. I think it's cover. And as a Dark Knight, well, not in the original version that we got over here because that was the easy type, but <laughs> He had the ability as a Dark Knight to just spew out some clouds or something that hurt all the enemies, but damaged him a little bit. Uh, Kane became a has... staple of Dark Knights from then on. Yeah. I don't know. It, it gives him something unique. Uh, Kane is a Dragoon. What can Dragoons do? They jump. And of course, several several key battles require Kane to be jumping. Okay. I got an epic jump story here. So, the, the summons that Rydia gets, you have to find... Uh, the uh, what are they? They're not espers in Final Fantasy IV. No, they're, they're just the, called they're... summon beasts, and then idolins in the uh, the versions after the DS, I think. Okay, find your summon beast doohickeys. Okay, so so <laughs> some you get along in the story, others you you find in different places. So Odin. others you have to beat up first in order to get. <laughs> Do you all remember yes. where Odin's found? Yes. 
Okay. Uh-huh. What, where is it at? Is it a tower or something like that? He's in the hidden throne room where the actual King of Baron is. Okay, hidden throne room. This is the key here, boys and girls, so my memory isn't too, too bad. Okay, 24 years. Ha <laughs> ha, I knew he was hidden. All right, so I found this whatever it was, hidden throne room, tower, whatever the hell, and starts this battle with, with Odin. And I'm like, oh, okay, he looks kind of tough. Well, sure enough, he's tough. Tough as nails. 20, 25 minutes, and one of these epically long Battles, and I've got Sunshine there, Kane, jumping up every chance he gets because that's what dragons do, right? And I got everyone else casting spells, buffs, debuffs. And I mean, this is tooth and nail. I have no idea how many hit points he has. They don't have any health bars on these guys. You just know when they're dead, they're dead. And and I'm just wondering if I'm just way over my head here. Well, he did some sort of epic Odin kick your ass swipe with his sword and just wiped my entire team out or down to one hit point and then wiped them out. Uh, one of those deals. And everyone's wiped out. Literally, my jaw was just wide open. I mean, just the, the face started turning red. I literally threw the controller at the television landing just below, uh, not to break the television, but, but you know, people could hear it hitting something, the furniture, whatever have you. And I got up and was about to turn the thing off, but the battle didn't say, it didn't say game over. And right when my finger touched the power button, Dragoon comes out of the sky. Kane was still up there somewhere. I had totally forgotten because I was just so blinded by anger from losing this 25-minute battle. I didn't lose. The Kane dropped down on Odin, dead. That was Odin's last hit points. Odin died. Your party wins. Odin's there. I mean, Odin. Kane's there doing a dance by himself, twirling around. Everybody else is kissing pavement. And it says, you got the Odin whatever summons. And I'm just like, yes, yes, yes. I'm like, I'm like uh, wrestling with uh, Daniel Bryan. Yes, yes, yes. I just, I was just yesing through the house. My mother thought I was smoking pot or something. Uh, but yeah, it was just, it was very euphoric. Again, a memory 24 years later. I totally remember. Ah, Final Fantasy IV. The good times. Ah, yes, the good times. Um, Let's see, Rosa. She's your white mage. She can heal you. She's also lovely an archer as well. Yeah, she has a bunch of arrows, and she can shoot them at things. Uh, Rydia, she's got the black magic, and she's got the summons, so she's got a lot of firepower. And a lot of demand on her magic point pool. Uh Yeah, good thing she has quite a bit of it. Yeah, she has more than what's-his-face. (laughs) <laughs> oh yes, Tella. Buckethead. All he's of ninety MP. That's, it, ne- it never goes up. <laughs> no, no, he's useless. Well, at the, when you first get him, and he only knows level one spells, ninety MP will last a little while. When you get him later, and he has remembered all the other spells he knew, like I don't know, fire level three that costs thirty MP. So of course he can use it thrice, and then he's down for the count. <laughs> Yeah. Unless you want to have him whack things with his stick, because mages are always good at that. Yeah. Especially old mages like him. <laughs> Yang, I, I think I mentioned, he kicks things a lot. He, he also punches. He's a monk. That's, that's his deal. Uh, Edge, he throws things. He's got the, do- the dual blades. He's got the magic. He's he's kind of well-rounded, actually. Except for not being able to take blasts to the face very well, but that's because he doesn't have a shield. Uh, Paladin Porum are your, your white and black mage when you don't have anybody else for that. Edward? Yes, let's discuss Edward, who fulfills a a unique niche in the RPG realm of the almost completely worthless character. Come, Phil. Talk talk to us about Edward trying to... The idea of a party buffer. (laughs) 
you know, somebody whose sole purpose in life is to sing and buff up the party. It sounds good on on paper, but in actual execution, sunshine here is more useless than the calluses on my cat's paws. It just, uh, he's, no, actually, that's actually useful. I guess it protects their feet. He's more useless <laughs> than the, the dust that's sitting on my shelf. I mean, he just, he, he just, he's not even good as a damage sponge. He's just, he just doesn't serve any purpose. He's spoony. I, I don't know what other adjective to use. Um, when you get him in the party and, and you, you think, wow, this, this could be cool. Somebody who kind of sings and buffs everybody up or, I think he can also do attempts at status effects on enemies, too, with his songs, right? I, I, I yeah. yes. Yeah, which never work. So there's really <laughs> no point in that. Version. Yeah, it just, it just, everything I did with this guy was useless. Uh, he's just useless with weapons. He's useless at singing. He's just useless. It, it, it was a good thing he left. I was glad to say, there was actually one of the characters I was actually, the yeah, glad to see he was gone. And, and I'm not even sure he he fulfilled much of a plot point. Uh, I told you he got up that one time when you were in the Dark Elf's cave and played his harp, oh, and it irritated the Dark Elf. Oh, what? What noise? <laughs> Big stop! Ah. So his uh, one use is out of battle, horse. Yeah, <laughs> and and it's completely contrived and unnecessary at all for the main plot of the game. And as a subplot in and of itself, just is you, yeah completely forgettable so yeah no useless could could have could have you know part of uh, being a good editor is know what you can leave on the chopping block could have left that guy and whatever storyline he brought to the table and chopped it out of the game and it would have been just the same you realize what other final fantasy game had a bard character like this the actual two (laughs) the actual two and i remember all the good times you had with the actual final fantasy 2 i i spent like (laughs) five to eight hours hitting my own party and uh, and I gave up. So I, did, I wasn't realizing there was a bard in there. I, there I don't is. think I got that far. And he's about as useful as Edward. As sunshine. Because you, get, because you get him as, I think, your sixth or seventh party member, and uh, all of your other people, all of your, your uh, regular people, they should be plenty buff by then. So what is he? He, of course, comes as if it's near the beginning of the game, and you would have to spend hours buffing him up. Well, or you can just let him take a dirt nap in every battle. Your choice. Yeah, yep. And then there's, uh, and then later on, of course, Final Fantasy Tactics. You you can you can, can class change because to bard because you can change out of being a bard, which you want to do as quickly as possible. Get whatever it's a prerequisite for whatever it is you're going to, and get out of it because it sucks there too. I wonder if there will be a bard in fifteen. <sighs> you know, it, it's all guys, right? We've got to have some function <laughs> for a bard. Uh, or whatever the equivalent would be, performer. That'd be kind of cool. He pulls out like a rock guitar or something because they they all look so modern now. So they already did the Elvis impersonator in a different related series. Hmm. Maybe he's just going to be a teen idol. <laughs> yes. So, yes. So uh, oh, oh wait, they, they sang in in ten two. So I guess they consider um, that. What can I do was... for you? <laughs> Okay, so so let's... their singing was so good that it would inflict status ailments on the enemies, or, or so bad. I can't remember. I don't know which qualifies in that case. I don't know why I have distinct memories of of <laughs> using her a lot as a as a bard singer. I think it was actually called a singer, and I don't know why. Especially here's the thing: a bard's effectiveness, what little it has, dramatically decreases. When you have less party members, because you're singing to buff everybody else up. So if you have a five party member, you're buffing up four other people. But in Final Fantasy X2, 
You're only buffing two other people. You're getting half the impact. I just, yeah. Anyways. Performers are quite broken and bravely default, if you ask me. And bravely default. Oh, right. <laughs> I haven't I haven't played around with them too much there, but yeah, you're, yeah that, uh, I'll you know, have to give use that, that a shot. Yeah, you, use the one that restores um, BP every turn, and you pretty much Ooh. can do anything. <laughs> nice. Uh, oh, yeah, BP hell. Uh, okay, so uh, we need to. This, we need this to, isn't the bravely default cat. <laughs> we still got like three other versions and expansions to do. So, oh, yeah. is there any okay. anything else on the SNES version? All right. Well, okay. Let's. This was the first Final Fantasy game I think with the end boss gauntlet. Um, unless you don't want all those nice weapons that'll help you beat the crap out of Zeromas, which you, I, I wanted them, and that means you have to go through all these hidden monsters that are in the caves of the moon and. Uh, there are nine or ten of them that you had to beat the crap out of in order to get everything. And you know what? I like that. Hmm. I, and there was then there was also the it. last summon. Um, he was on the moon. Bahamut. Thank you. Hmm? I, I honestly should have remembered Bahamut, but well, he's usually one of the last summons and one of those powerful. Which he is. I mean, if you get Bahamut, then oh yeah, he's pretty darn it, tough. At least DS version again, but. <laughs> A, you were able to beat him. He will not be. He will not be taken down easily. And B, once you have him, uh, you can pretty much deploy him in any random battle, and you will win. <laughs> Except for those things in the last couple of caves of the moon, where they're evil, horrible things that take forever to die. <laughs> Remember that, Phil? The last couple of rooms before you get to the final boss. You know, no, I, my memory. You know, for a lot of these memories that stick in my head are those emotional experiences. That were These really were regular powerful. enemies that played the boss theme. Okay, yeah, we're gonna. I got some comments on the DS version, but on the SNES okay. version, I just remember like once I got through some of those tougher battles that I mentioned before, where I was down to one knee. For some odd reason, my memory seems like I beat the rest of the game. No big deal. Uh, saved the world. Everything was good. You so, must have done a little grinding before you faced Zeromus then, because quite possible. If you, if you go in there under level, he'll just big bang you to death. Oh, this is cute. not a get- Well, it, it's simple. Big Bang is really powerful, and it will blow everybody away unless you're strong enough to take it. That's it. There, there is no magic there's no, solution. There's no, there's no there's, tactic that can there's help. There's no you. deep strategy there to get you out of that, huh? No, uh, <laughs> hanging up the guy in the air. No. After all, Big Zeromus looks like I don't know. He looks like some weird refugee from Fantasy Star. Some <laughs> some horrible fusion of science and an organic compound that went crazy. Am I off base here? Hmm. Well, there's I... a reason they call it the giant space flea from nowhere. <laughs> it would actually be appropriate in his case. So yeah, because I generally took a little time to grind first, I never had any huge troubles with him, but I understand if you're trying to go through without grinding, sorry, it's not going to work. Grinding is important games. I, I might have because, I mean, I had played the original Final Fantasy. I had played Dragon Quest Four, so it was already in my, I had already been trained that you need to take time to build up, especially when you think it's the end of the game, spend a few extra hours and, and do random encounters and get your levels up before you go any further. I don't remember being frustrated at the In fact, in fact, what little memory, foggy memory I have makes, I, I just remember it being, uh, an easy ride compared to let's say Final Fantasy 6 where I still remember that 13 tiered big boss Kefka mutation that's uh, a story for another time that's a story yeah. for another time but I'm just saying I remember struggling through that fight I don't remember any struggle at all with Final Fantasy 4 so I'm I'm, I'm going to presume that what you're saying is correct and just do some grinding before you face them it, it's really a good idea we we will talk about the DS version Mike, it's there in a bit 
have at least two other to talk about before, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess we might as It's already been mentioned, but in the United States, as everyone knows, the average intellect is far below that of the average Japanese child. So, of course, we got the easy type of Final Fantasy IV because we were too stupid to handle the real one. The too original as well, <laughs> probably. That, that was the same mindset that gave us yeah, like, Final Fantasy uh, so uh, here's, Mystic Quest. And Super Mario Brothers too. Here's here's a quick rundown of these differences. The hey, mag- I'm fine with the Super Mario 2 we got. Oh, jeez. I'm like, not saying it's not I, good. I'm just I, saying. I, I liked it. Don't you talk smack about Super I love, Mario. Hey, I love Super okay, Mario Okay, I got too. stories about that one, too. I got <laughs> stories. Here. All right. We are. We're, we're jumping shark. Okay. The magic spells Protect Shell and Dispel were removed, as well as Viridia's uh, Cockatrice Summon. Magic and Protect and Shell. I mean, God, those are core. How dare they remove those? Uh, lots of and, removal and replacements of curative item. Go ahead, Mike. Did you want to say and, something? And uh, Ro- Rosa's spell Holy was called White over here because even the mention of anything remotely religious was too much for the Nintendo censorship. Okay, you know what, though? To get their back, I know what they're saying, because I've been censored before for saying some religious stuff, so I totally get it. Don't call it holy, call it white. I'm cool. <laughs> or uh, Pearl. I think in one of the other... I think, I think Pearl was... Uh, three slash six. Three. Yeah. 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 Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah. Oh my god, there's a whole list here. Yeah, anyways, just Google up Final Fantasy for easy mode, boys and girls, and you'll see this huge list. It is huge. Uh okay, so anything else so, about so that? So that's that's the one we had access to for a long time. Yeah, and we didn't know any better because back then didn't have the internet. We took what we got, just like Super Mario Two. I just it's like okay, woohoo! I I I didn't get righteously indignant because I never had any idea. For <laughs> me, this was Final Fantasy Two, and uh, and it was just fine the way uh, the way it was. It was a very unique experience. Uh, it did have a few frustrations that I wasn't used to at that point. Uh, like I said, the party members swapping out and stuff, but absolutely a a just a, an absolute memorable experience. I do remember it being a little short uh, for an RPG. At least it felt short to me. Um, you know, Final, Final Fantasy six or three for me uh, ended up being a lot lot beefier. Uh, but but for my first foray into uh, the Super Nintendo RPG, this absolutely satisfied, uh, satisfied, uh, you know, all of my expectations. It was just, and then X gave me expectations I didn't know I had. It was really hard to go back to some of my BC RPGs at that point that didn't have phenomenal orchestrated <coughs> music and cutscenes and things like that. So, awesome. Yeah, this, this game's soundtrack is pretty darn good. I, I you know, for its time especially, uh, it's just, it's just... It was just like wow. Uh, it, it's just it was light years ahead. Um, I'm not super sure if you go back and listen to it now. I feel it gets stuck in your head. And I still, you know, I still got. I don't really. I would really say six is still a ton. Six improved on so many things. But dang, nab it! This was ahead of its time. Yeah, and especially for 1991 again. 91. I mean, hell, what else was coming out in 91? Well, I think Fantasy Star 3 was out then, but that was, uh, many things.
back. So let's get into these other versions and expansions. Final Fantasy IV is so awesome. It's been released a kajillion uh, times. So 1997, we had the PlayStation um, port, I suppose. And uh, Mike, you mentioned earlier that uh, that came out as uh, a collection with another game, right? Yeah, Final Fantasy Chronicles alongside Chrono Trigger. And yes, because Final Fantasy IV and Chrono Trigger just go together like um, like <laughs> peanut butter and uh, hot sauce, I guess. I don't know. Now, well, maybe peanut butter and pretzel. No, those go, go, go. Never mind. <laughs> peanut butter and sashimi. Yes, there we go. Uh, mm-hmm. I love that peanut butter on sashimi, don't you? Uh, no, 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 I don't. Um... Anyway, yes, because because these two clearly came out around the same time and have so much to do with each other, why not just put them on the same disc? <laughs> Complete with load times, because everybody loves PlayStation games with, that introduced load times, which had none on the Super Nintendo. And full motion video sequences. Ooh, yeah. What will we get, about one and a half minutes of it? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so you're basically trading load times for cutscenes. Is that what you're saying? Yes, Although, you do get a better translation. Is that worth the price of admission? Probably not. Yeah. Because you can, get it so, you can get a better translation in other ways now, too. Now, I didn't grab this guy because I believe it's it, it was more of an issue with the next collection that came pretty close after that. Five, I think 5 and 6 came out together. And uh, all I remember seeing in the reviews was bugs. A lot of save issues. And I actually did get 5 and 6 because I enjoyed 6 more and I ran into, bu- and I ran into those bugs. So I don't think I ever went back and got this one. Um, how much it is now? But I don't know if that... If you can, oh, hey. Yeah, how much is... Could you imagine? Oh, that's a good question. Final Fantasy... What was it called? Chronicle. Chronicle. Chron- Not to be confused with Crystal Chronicles. That's something Chronicles that's apparently... Final <laughs> yeah, Fantasy. Yeah, you, you better put PS1 in there to be sure. Yes. True. Uh, let's see. Here, video games. Uh, here we go. Uh, Final Fantasy Chronicles. Final, uh, Final Fantasy Chronicles. Final Fantasy IV and Chrono Trigger. Sony PlayStation 1 2001. Brand new in the shrink wrap, because that's what our listeners deserve and demand, is $22 plus shipping and handle. That's not bad. Nah, mm-hmm. probably because there's like 18 million other versions out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. Oh, come on. It's only 15 million. Uh, I, I, I would say there's probably better versions than this, though. Would y'all agree? Yes. yes. Okay, so let's move on. Uh, in 2002, there was the Wonder Swan Color. Anybody Which... play that one? Um, <laughs> no. Hey, hey, Cassandra, if you ever get a Wonder Swan, let me know. I, I, I hear it was a nice little machine. Uh, sure. That, so you know, for, I don't know, those Digimon games were only released on there? <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, because it had all those exclusives that have remained exclusives and make it worth owning now. <laughs> um, uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll come up with one. Just give me time. I will. <laughs> Then, uh, then uh, we got the uh, in two thousand and five. Uh, it's hard to believe this was le- about ten years ago. The Game Boy Advance was still getting games. Uh, we got Final it, Fantasy. It got games after that. Yeah, uh, uh, five and six hadn't come out on the GBA yet. Oh my gosh! God bless its little GBA heart. We got uh, Final Fantasy for Advance. Now, who can tell me what what makes it advance? Okay. I know you can switch around each of the uh, like the, all of the characters instead of just having them come along the story went, but otherwise I don't know it's, too much it's else about it. Only at the end. Only at the end. Okay. 
You can switch and around. You, and you get bonus dungeons! Yeah, remember when all the ports started coming with the bonus dungeons to give you extra gameplay time? And the bonus dungeons are just palette-swapped, boring places that they threw together in a night with some intern who was told, get this done tonight or you can't go see your family. <laughs> and so this is what the intern came up with. And yeah, it, it's definitely extra content. It totally is. It'll take you a little while to play through. You're definitely going to play through some absolutely not palette-swapped enemies of the regular game. Nope, not at all. And it's um, it's probably not going to kick your butt because these things are ridiculously strong because you should have been ridiculous amounts of grinding. Nope, not at all. Nope. <laughs> and I remember there being mild bugs with it. Uh, yeah, yes. I think your yeah, Japanese was... version was released with... Yeah, Japanese version had it. Uh, the European version of the game derives from the second Japanese version, which only makes it makes only the English version of the improved. It's the only English version. So yeah, the English version got the Japan uh, the original Japanese release, which had bugs. The Japanese released a second version, which fixed the bu- which fixed the bugs, and the Europeans got an English version with those fixed bugs. But of course, Americans never did because presumably at that time there was no point. If you really want it, you can try and find a European version because there's no region lock on the GBA. But uh, if I remember liking it. I, see, see, I, I'm, I'm so enthusiastic. Listen to my voice. I liked it. Again, because at the time I got interested in checking out the rest of the Final Fantasy series, there was already the uh, the DS remake, so I just totally checked out Five and Six on the GBA. Pretty much just passed this one entirely. I, mm. I can't really tell you that you made a horrible mistake that will <laughs> haunt you through the rest of your life. <laughs> because you didn't. <laughs> Uh yeah, I mean it, it held up uh, pretty well. It got pretty favorable reviews. A couple of couple of mentions of a couple of bugs here and there. Um, it got and, another retranslation, and it got a retranslation. Had uh, it generally had better graphics. The one thing I noticed when trying it out is is there is a little bit of a delay there that I'm not used to, and it's kind of understandable given that the Game Boy Advance isn't quite as powerful as a full blown SNES. But um, if you're a purist like me, it might be something you pick up on. But it wasn't like game bring like that. Uh, so yeah, no, might... it, it, it was a little bit harder to time actions in combat, but not to the point where it was disastrous. Right. So, but it was noticeable. Yeah, and I think I gosh, I got that one too. God, I got like 18 versions of this game. It's <laughs> it's evil. Uh, let's take a look at how much this guy cost here on the Game Boy Advance. And, uh, and whatever you do, oh, that that one's going not too bad either. Uh, brand new, shrink wrapped in a box. I see one here for twenty five bucks. But of course, our, our our listeners demand more, so you might want to pay for this fifty dollar um, fifty dollar one. <laughs> Doesn't say why he's asking for twice as much as the other guy. But most copies can be gotten for around uh, twenty twenty five thirty bucks uh, for that. And if all you're walking around with is a well, well, we'll talk about which version is the best at the end. Okay. So, uh, well, I, re- I remember several years ago looking on eBay and spotting a copy of Soma Bringer, which is just a DS game that never crossed the ocean. Mm-hmm. It, you can generally find it for 13, 14 bucks if you, ch- if you looked around. Somebody kept relisting it on eBay, obviously automatically, <laughs> for I think it was $6,000. Nice. <laughs> Amazingly enough, it didn't sell. I can't imagine why. Um, but, uh, you know, we're, we're now we're coming up on the DS version, which brought a list of much larger changes. And to help us with this, because we're, we're, this is a big nugget here we're going to need to crack. We have the one, the only, Mr. Michael Apps. What's up? What's up, Mr. Apps? Hi. 
Hi. Mr. Apps, hey, you've only gotten here in time for the DS version. Mr. Yes. Apps out of nowhere! Which version hey. did you play, Apps? I'm, I'm hoping you play this well, one. Originally, I kind of, anyway. I kind of introed you in on this. <laughs> hey, didn't this version get released on the App Store? Yes. Yes. Ooh. Yes. Uh, did you feel obligated to buy it? No, but <laughs> I, I have pretty much bought every version of Final Fantasy IV that has yeah. been released. Ditto here. So, so which one? Which one? Which ones have you played, Mike? In which? In, in order? What's uh, your history with this game? See, um, there's the SNES version. All right, your brother uh, in arms. Yes, which uh, my parents a few times rented Mystic Quest when I asked them to. Rent oh, that. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, I'm sorry. Oh dear. Yeah. Yes. Well, so, uh, sometimes parents. they did. They did rent the correct one though. <laughs> Oh, your parents and reading comprehension, not their strong suit. Wow. You know, it all starts with Final Fantasy. What's the and difference? That's why I always pick my games when I rented stuff. Wow. I, I always took the trip with them for obvious reasons. Um, otherwise, you might end up with something like Mystic Quest. All right. So uh, what other versions have you actually played? Uh, so I think so, sometime after that, hearing that like the Japanese version was actually harder, or they, there was a harder version of the Japanese there was a harder Japanese version or something like that. I'm pretty sure I downloaded there a ROM. Was. Yes. Yeah, the original was harder. Yeah, I no, downloaded we, a ROM we got of that. The easy that. Type. Yeah. Um, and then I think after that, I definitely bought the GBA version as soon as that came out because hey, Final Fantasy IV portable. That's awesome. Did you yeah. buy Final Fantasy Chronicles? Wait, wait, did you actually? Hold on, hold on a second. I did. Oh my god, I forgot about Chronicles. Chronicle, but did you? Okay, did, but which ones have you actually played through? It's one thing to buy it. I mean, hell, I buy all kinds of games I never play. Uh, uh, which ones have you actually played through? You played the SNES. You played the yeah. the played the original. The did, uh, did, did you play? Did you play? Never finished the Japanese version. All right. Did, did you play the Game Boy Advance version? I did. I beat the Game Boy Advance version. Okay, we were just wrapping that up. What did you feel? How did you feel about the Advance? Like, what were, were there any noticeable difference between the Advance and the and the SNES? We talked about uh, there was some extra content, but uh, was there any other noticeable differences for you? We talked about translation was better. Yeah, and a switchable um, party members at the end. Yeah. Yep. That that was really the big thing. But yeah, and like some characters that are supposed to be dead that. Uh, you could use. You mean, you mean all of them? <laughs> no, it doesn't tell us stay dead. I'm pretty sure he stays dead. You know what? I don't, yeah. the he more does of, stay dead. The more of this I drink, the more this totally makes sense to me. So let's continue. <laughs> uh, so that was actually kind of weird, but, you know, being like a re-release, I was cool with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but largely, I, I like that version. Did, did you play the DS? I did, and it's honestly okay, this is weird. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it, okay? I, I, I just want to say that I believe it's my favorite version. No. But I have okay. never actually finished it. I'm sorry, we're losing, <laughs> never actually finished it, we're losing your signal. Uh, I, <laughs> I don't know what's happening here, Apps, but uh, you seem to be dropping from the call. Uh, okay, so... Um, all right, so let's talk about the Nintendo DS version. This was released uh, in 2007 um, on the Nintendo DS, obviously. And uh, it, it, the first thing you'll notice if you play this version versus the other ones is the characters are rendered in 3D, which, uh, you know, at first, I've never been a huge fan 
of the PlayStation 1 era graphics and the DS, DS polygon graphics are not much different than the PlayStation 1 era polygon graphics. Well, uh, they're not really much. Good. I will differ on, with, with just by this, Phil, because they're on such a small screen, but you yes. have as yeah. many polygons. Right. No, no, and that's what I was going to get to. I wasn't finished my sentence yet. Uh, yes, you're right. And it's the same, it's my same feeling if you guys have heard my rant on the early like PlayStation 1 Final Fantasy games and how much more I love playing them on the PSP now that it's on a smaller screen. Exact mm-hmm. same thing here. And I will tell you what, now, uh, apps, you didn't get to hear this, but the uh, the other guys have got to hear how much I love the uh, the fact that a lot of the um, the story is told through cut scenes and you know a, a choreograph and whatever have you. We didn't have that back in the day, but but seeing this in three D, even though it's kind of that lower end polygon count, works really well. I yeah. I thought it it told the story and like there's there were scenes where uh what's his bucket is talking to Rosa what's his name Cecil yeah, whatever his name, Buckethead. You know, he's talking to Rosa and stuff, and 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 that you're actually in her room instead of just seeing a bunch of tiles and stuff. It worked really, really well. I was I was getting sucked in. I was pretty impressive. Well, I think what's kind of cool about a remake like this is it's something. Assuming you're like the target audience is probably something you've played during your childhood, and it's really cool to see it in a totally different light. It is really cool to see it in a different light. Yes. Yes, that part is cool. I agree. And now, as someone who's for this version was her first. It was actually a very interesting way to play through it to, I, as a way to re-experience, to experience yeah, it for the first time. Cassandra, I want you to, so this is Cassandra's first version. So Cassandra, take And the, the only floor, version, so. And the only version you played. So tell us yeah. about tell us about your experience. I would love to hear your perspective. As somebody who just approached this game fresh in this version in 2007 or later. Okay, yeah, it was later. I believe I played this after the GBA versions of it was six, then five, then I got to this game. I played one, two GBA at some point. Wow! So you played six and five, and then you came to this one. Yes, yes. Oh wow! That way, I try to recall. Wait, so GBA, was, mm-hmm. was six your first? Your first no, Final well, Fantasy? first mainline Final Fantasy. My first Final Fantasy was the original Crystal Chronicles. Believe it or not. I'm sorry. Oh, cool. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that's the vodka talking. Okay, so <laughs> continue. It's your okay, experience. But, so yes, I put this in. I saw hey, this is actually pretty. This is actually pretty. You know, it's cinematic. It's actually pretty impressive. There's voice acting, which during the major scenes, which is actually pretty good. It. Got a little dramatic in the beginning with Cecil going, no, what have I done? <laughs> so that was kind of like, you know, I was just like, well, that's kind of hard to take seriously. But otherwise, it's, you know, that was pretty well good. Uh, I think here, I, I'm trying to remember the music much. You know, those DS speakers. I don't think I've ever used headphones while playing that too I'm, much. I'm with you there. Every, I, I'm the worst when people ask me, what's the music? How's the music like on, on DS portable games? I suck because I always forget well, to put in the headphones. Cer- well, yeah, certain ones I'll pull out the headphones and listen to them, but it's pretty darn selective. Mm-hmm. But yeah, for some reason that didn't stick in my mind too much. I act, I did, I do, en- I did enjoy the battles. I liked how, the, I, I enjoyed how, um, like there were a bit, there were a lot more, like I found the very, how do I put this, uh, stra- strategic, duh. Like how certain bosses, there's like two ways to beat them. Either you could level yourself ridiculously, or you could find the trick to them. And I managed to. Uh, I know one. I remember I could I could figure out pretty. It was uh, against uh, the water fiend, Cognazo. I think his name is. Mm-hmm. Thank like, you. Yeah, it's, all, entire... all I can remember is he's the water fiend, and he looks like a turtle with no shell. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, during that fight, I distinctly remember everybody else was wiped out, but um, 
Which one of the twins was that used what black magic? Pollum, Porum? The uh, one that the, had the actually boy. the boy. Yes, um. the boy. He was the only one left. But then it's when we discovered that it was lightning magic that made Cognazzo withdraw into his weirdly shaped shell. So I pretty much just sold him with uh, the boy. <laughs> that was pretty awesome. And again, it was an interesting way to experience this classic. And while it was not a favorite of mine, of, in, about, not my most favorite, I did quite enjoy my time with it. I'll. Never, I don't, I don't. I was hoping to revisit it before this this backtrack to get it fresher in my mind, so I don't have to ever replay it. But I definitely enjoyed my first time with it. Cool. Um, how about how about uh, apps? I'm sorry, because uh, did, did you say did you say you spent a lot of time with this? No, I haven't finished it. Oh, uh, okay. How about uh, um, you? Say it you was just... kind of. There, I mean, the DS era. There were so many. F- so many RPGs coming out, it kind of oh, yeah. yeah. ended up by the wayside, like many other many games, many fresh so, ones too. So it's kind of hard yeah. to go back to. I've still got a backlog of them. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, I mean, yeah, I, my I, backlog has like thirty-two <laughs> DS RPGs. Um, but, so I'm surprised I actually kind of prioritize this. Oh yeah, because it's part of my childhood. Okay, yeah. sorry. <laughs> well, I think that's kind of the thing. It was like, well, new RPG or a nicer version of a of game, an, of a game you've played, already played. Yeah, but it's a game I've already played like uh, a bunch of times too. It's not. It's not like something I played once or twice during my childhood and then, you know didn't have complete fresh memories. It's this is something I played a ton. So uh, yeah. I've actually been playing a bit recently and really digging it, so uh, I think I'd have to like play them back to back to really decide. But I do really like enjoy this version, and uh, I think it's a nice looking game. Uh, I think I think they put this out on Steam, and I'm kind of afraid of how it would look played on Steam. Ooh, on a PC, yeah. blown up. Well, <laughs> before we talk about Steam, we'll have to talk about the PSP and all that. Oh, so. sure, sure, sure. So. With- but I, I think, yeah, I think, uh, I think a lot of the other ported versions are this. I think we talk about Steam and the iOS versions. Like yeah, that's yeah. all the 3D. And, yes, it's, it's a 3D version. It's just basically this ported the over 3DS. to those. Yeah, yeah so you're yeah. basically getting a very similar experience. Just blown up on your high-resolution monitor at home, boys <laughs> and girls, because that's exactly how you want to experience. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. So, okay. Here's Phil. Who's played like two or three different versions of this at this point, and just you guys have heard me love it. You know I love it. It's part of my childhood. It's awesome. And by childhood, I mean I was like in graduating gear by the you know around this time. Anyways, um, so the DS version was uh, you. Know, I love the uh, 3D effect. I thought at first I wouldn't because of my prejudices towards that, those low polygon counts. But the uh, the way the camera, like some of those boss battles you mentioned, the octopus earlier, much more cinematic with the with the three D angles and stuff being factored in. Uh, there, I was really really getting into it. But I have not done just one, but two attempts at beating this game. And but you gotta understand Phil's thinkology. Phil hates facts. I should be able <laughs> to figure out a JRPG without having to resort to a walkthrough or a fact. I just, I, I, it's a portable game too. I'm not sitting in front of a computer where I can quickly go up to game facts. I'm usually playing this on the airplane or on a trip or in Indonesia when I'm on vacation with my wife, where her family's at, whatever. I don't, I'm, I play portable games to get away from the computer. Now, I seem to remember that the developers, when they were doing this, consciously tried to 
switch things up a little bit so that people who were familiar with the earlier versions would have to think a little bit about what they were doing again. I could believe that. So, well, here's what they did, right? Here's the mechanic, right? So when a character, we mentioned before that characters die and or leave your party for all kinds of sorts. All the time for plot contrived reasons. When they leave, they, they, when they leave in the DS version, however, they leave you a, what's it called? Augment. An augment, right, right. Now, these augments are generally skills or whatnot that you can equip on, you know, future characters in your party. Uh, however, there's a key here. That That's simple enough, okay? So if the bard leaves, he leaves you a very useless skill that you can give to somebody. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. Uh, but he leaves you a skill that you can then plug into your knight or whatever. So maybe your knight can sing and buff everybody else. Who knows? Who cares? Wait, wait, Phil, we, we should probably get this out of the way. Mr. Apps. Yes. Edward the Bard. Thoughts? Mm-hmm. We'll help you out with some Jeopardy music. Dun 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 dun. That dun, damn dun, spoony dun. bard. <laughs> That'll do. All right. So, um, so you got these augments. They drop. You can equip them onto other party members. Now, 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 thinking of them as, but the thing is, once you equip them onto somebody, you can't really just rip them off and give them to somebody else. So being the hoarding person I am, the first time I played through on this, I'm like, I'm going to save all these, knowing that people are going to... I've played this game before, right? Knowing that people are going to come and go along the way, I'm going to save them till the end of the game, and then I'm going to delegate them out to the final party, right? I'm going to hoard them like resources, like high ethers. I'm going to save them till the end. And then I got my butt kicked. I got pissed. I put the game away. I came back to it several years later after reading the first part in the FAQ that I explained. And it might have been explained in the game and I just missed it. But the FAQ explained that here's the deal. When you get an augment from a character, you, you give it to another character. When he or she then leaves the party, then you will get an improved augment based on what you gave them before. So in other words, it's it, it doesn't it doesn't pay to hoard these things. You need to delegate them out. And depending on who you delegate them out to, you'll get better ones as a result. Now, again, I hate sitting around with an FAQ, but now I understand that the mechanic that's built into the game says, make sure you delegate them out, don't hoard them. So then I did another playthrough where I did delegate them out. As soon as I got them, every augment went to somebody. That just made sense in my little bunny brain. And when they would leave, I would receive an improved augment or whatever the hell it was. I got to the moon. I played through the game. I grinded the whole way, knowing that I had already been killed or that I didn't get through the game the first time and that it was a little frustrating. I not only made sure I used the augments, but I, uh, I, I also made sure I grinded. And I got to the moon, and random encounters were killing me over mm. and over and over and over and over again. Phil got pissed. Phil wanted to take the little disc and break it. Throwing it, that little disc against the wall. That little card. That little card. Uh, you're right. It's not a disc. That little card, throwing that little card does no damage to it, which unfortunately brings me no satisfaction. So I look for a hammer. Um, eventually, I got so frustrated because I had spent so much time and I was really enjoying the game, but so frustrated that now I'm stuck on the moon and I can't figure out why I keep dying over and over and over again. So finally broke down, read into an FAQ again, read further, where they ba- where at least the one FAQ I read said, look, here's the deal. You got to give certain augments to certain people so they turn out certain ways. Otherwise, your chances of actually beating this game are dramatically reduced. And I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm done. 
screw this because I'm already 25 hours into it. I'm not going to start over just to play it exactly the way I play it. And this is just Phil. This is just Phil. But understand, Phil doesn't like puzzles in his RPGs, especially puzzles that take 25 hours to reset. Because in order now that I'm already at the moon, the only way to do this properly and give the augments to the right people that are going to give me the best augments. But the FAQ showed how if you gave this augment to this person, to this person, to this person, and you follow this chain, you end up with this augment that can give somebody two attacks every turn. You know, I mean, it was totally game changing and and would enable you to handle the moon. And I'm just like, so that's. But clearly, I think I'm just. I'm just dropped on the head as a kid because the reviews overall praise this game. Few people in the reviews brought up this particular issue. So I think it's just the way Phil is wired. Uh, I'm not saying this is a widespread issue. It's just I don't like puzzles in my RPGs and I refuse to read FAQs. And the majority of people these days have no problem reading FAQs as they're working their way through RPGs uh, and the such. So Or don't mind playing them over and over again until they get it right or whatever the deal is. But... There, if you look through like reader reviews and people who actually play the game to completion, you will find maybe one in five reviews that or ten that point out <laughs> that this is frustrating if you don't know about this ahead of time and plan for it and everything else. So I didn't know about this, and, and you I got still through. Made, yeah, I got you through. through it. So yeah, I I didn't breathe through it. It was challenging, but I didn't I didn't like bang my head against the wall trying to figure it out. I just spent a little extra time grinding or figured out that you know or you know just. You know, use some certain tactics. I did use the augments, but I didn't know you could do that. You could equip it to a character who would leave and then get a better one. Like, the one I can remember distinctly using was giving counter to Cecil so that when he uh, covered somebody, he could re-counter that, that damage back at the enemy, which I thought was pretty neat. That's the only one I can remember off the top of my head. I'm, I might have given the Bard song ability to uh, Rosa, possibly. I guess but, if if you were just like either lucky or you happen to go and check an FAQ, yeah, uh, yeah. I always the FAQs to like look up where all the summons were. I think so. Yeah, it's just uh, you know for for most people it worked out. Maybe you know I, I, it didn't help that on my first playthrough I hoarded the bloody things. But yeah, I was pretty frustrated. I still got that save file sitting in there, and uh, yeah. I said I don't like another reason I wish I could have revisited this game because I don't remember it giving me that much trouble. Okay. I don't either. I, re- I know. Feel special. I, Go ahead, say it. No, Feel I, special. No, no. I paid. I I did look at a fact a little, but honestly, I didn't religiously follow a fact. If I had, then I would have gotten super amazing augments by the end and probably oh, yeah. destroyed Zeromus entirely without a breaking a sweat what was weird was bonus, I, I didn't even make it to him i just i i because i kept the first time you were on the moon then you still had to go back to earth yet yeah like it was the bahamas or whatever the hell they were these these random enemies and i would reload and reload and reload and try confronting them, different spell tactics, different things, and I kept getting my ass kicked. And the frustrating thing was on my second playthrough, I had it in my mind, I'm going to grind. Every dungeon I was in, I purposely spent an hour or two just leveling up, so I don't think it was a leveling issue, but who knows? Who Again, knows? I do remember those encounters being tough. I just needed to grind up an extra couple of levels, and then I was able to manage I don't know what happened. It was a couple of years ago, and who knows? I might not have done enough grinding. So, I mean, it could have been as simple as that. So, I mean, another guy, I'm just looking through some other um, uh, experiences, and 
Uh, this one guy writes, there's a significant amount of grinding that's mandatory in this game, and it really drags down the experience. I really don't understand why they made this game require so much grinding, since it's a rather story-intensive game. It really slows down the experience and makes it not as fun. Boss fights are often maddeningly difficult and require a specific strategy uh, and a certain level, or you'll get stopped. But I, I was doing okay until I... It was really funny, I was breezing through the bosses along the way. It was... Hmm. Oh, well. Maybe I'll give it another run sometime in the... I will, actually. Uh, I have it on the docket. Um, Anywho, uh, so that's Final Fantasy for DS. And uh, now somewhere somewhere along the way, the Wii came out, and uh, they started releasing a number of episodes called The After Years with a very uh, interesting premise uh, to release uh, a series of um, episodes that used old-fashioned... Um, SNES graphics almost. Um, I don't think they Slightly were that better. Well Slightly yeah. better, yeah. They were definitely a, l- a little sharper. Um, but 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 uh, instead of making an entirely different story, hey, let's say let's tell the story of what happened to these heroes after Final Fantasy IV. Hence the after years. Um, and they released as episodic. My friend had gifted me the first one for for whatever. I think the first episode was eight hundred points, and then each episode after that was three hundred points. Uh, and then later on in the PlayStation Portable, they released Final Fantasy IV, the complete collection in 2011. And this yay. included, yay! Uh, this included the original game with the enhanced graphics, uh, 2D though, not the, not the 3D graphics, uh, enhanced 2D graphics, as well as all of the After Years episodes. Um, plus an all new story, the Final Fantasy IV interlude, which ties together, you know, the 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 first game and these uh, these after year episodes a tie in between the Are there two five of them I'm remembering five I, right something like that I think they used to be cell phone games too like not even like, like you know well before uh, you know our mobile games yes, they had like yes. those Japanese cell phone things yeah, that were so angry right. a game got <laughs> that game got released I seem to remember people being kind of upset because they were Japanese cell phone games and you're not going to play any Japanese yeah. cell phone games outside of Japan. Yeah, there was some excitement when these were released on the Wii, but it died down pretty quickly. After people realized, I think, that they're okay. Yeah, Not they're great. okay. Yeah. And I say that without having played them. So uh, I, didn't, I wasn't interested in getting it. I, you know, I own the Wii. played it pretty often. So following the events of Final Fantasy IV, the, the, se- in the plot of the, uh, the After Years, the second moon leaves the Blue Planet's orbit, and the period of uh, peace begins. It's... Excuse me. The village of Mist is rebuilt because you know it got burned down by all of those bombs that came out of the box. Bombs. Bombs. I'm sorry. They were they were really what bombs? Just regular bombs. bombs. Yeah, just bombs. bombs. But I think bombs is so much cooler to say. Funnier, <laughs> I mean, it's from a totally different game, but you know. Uh, while while the kingdom of uh, so the kingdom of Baron comes under the rule of Cecil and his wife Rosa, so they did officially get married. That answers that question. Um, however, 17 years later, a second moon reappears, much closer to the planet than it was the first time. And the unchanging crystals begin to emit a soft light. So you got to find out what are the meaning of these events. Uh, most of the characters from the original game return, um, with many of the uh, NPCs from before in the Final Fantasy IV being um, uh, playable at some point in time. Um, you also get some new characters, including Theodore Harvey, uh, Prince of Baron not, and son of Theodore. Cecil and Rosa. Theodore. Yes, not Theodore. Because Theodore is too common. Well, right. he, he wanted to honor his brother who... What, what happened to what happened to him anyway? He went to sleep or something? Yeah, he, he Theodore was... Theodore slash Golbez. Yeah, he went with the other 
people from the, the, the smashed planet between Mars and Jupiter to rest in the moon. Yeah. Because he didn't feel right going back to Earth after all the bad things he'd done or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Uh, you got the hooded man, a wandering swordsman, and shrouded in purple robes. Seems pretty pretty familiar from before, maybe. Anybody y'all remember my wandering sword? Mr. Apps? Uh... My brain is failing me. Moving on. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking Edge. Uh, so, oh, uh, duh. Oh, he said Wandering uh, Ninja. <laughs> I know. The swordsman threw y'all off, didn't it? Um, a mysterious... Let's see if you can get this one. A mysterious uh, woman able to summon Eidolons. Wait, that, that's... No idea. Yeah. That's got to be... Uh, that's got to be, be a little girl from Final Fantasy IX, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yes, and a man in black uh, with powerful black magic who refuses to reveal his past. Uh, the storyline of the game unfolds... Does he, does he jump? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, the storyline of the game unfolds through episodic chapters, and they were coming out roughly once per month, at least probably in Japan they were. Um but there's a lot of foreshadowing, cliffhangers, flashbacks, nonlinear storytelling and such um, to build up a, a story until you get to the final chapter, which is much longer than the previous chapters. Uh, that basically ties everything up and uh, brings it all under one unifying narrative. Exciting, huh? Woohoo! Woohoo! Uh, so um, it, 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 hit, uh, it hit over a million, million downloads. <laughs> it was... Uh, yeah, it was uh, in the first five months uh, following its initial release. That's not even including all the numerous times it's been resold through some repackage and PSP and everything else. That's on uh, the cell phone? Or is that the way? I'm going to presume that's the... Jeez, it doesn't really... De- Let me see here, 17. Hmm. Uh, it doesn't really say because it's in Japanese and it's a translated oh, so version. Probably, it's probably cell phone then. Uh, as of March 25th, 2009, it had exceeded 3 million paid downloads. Overall, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it's a... So, you gotta understand what you're getting into, boys and girls, when you jump into this game. This is this is following a lot of the traditions of the original Final Fantasy IV. That means lots of random encounters. In fact, when I played this on the Wii, I, I almost swear it had more random encounters than Final Fantasy IV. <laughs> I swear I... I sneezed and something would attack me. I blinked, something would attack me. There were just times where you would take one step and something would attack you. Whatever random number process they use for this game, it's like most games you play nowadays, even even when you play like a JRPG through RPG Maker, whatever, it's like it gives you a few steps to begin with before there's a chance something will hit you. Uh-uh. No, I'm telling you, this is old school. I'm telling you, you can take one step sometimes and get hit. There's no grace period. So lots of fights. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you have something, Mike? Somebody? No? Okay. There was also a couple of new mechanics introduced in this. Do any of y'all know what they are? Uh, something regarding moon cycles. That's right. And this reminded me of the Gold Box D&D games because if you, this is really getting old school here. But <laughs> in the third set of D&D games, which was based on – I'm drawing a blank at the moment – the Lance – series or whatever the hell it was called Dragonlance Dragonlance thank you with the draconians and whatever have you there was a moon phase in there and there were three different moons and depending on which moon was full it would give certain types of wizards more strength or weakened strength well in this game uh, there is a moon phases and depending on what phase the moon is in you might have stronger physical attacks or stronger magical attacks and these things can actually make a pretty damn big difference especially in certain boss battles 
So you have to pay attention to this. It's kind of got a persona twist on it. Um, it's a, It can be a little irritating at times, though. If you aren't paying attention, you hit a boss at the wrong time, uh, it can totally kick your ass. And Definitely make me time, sorry. Yeah. Feels. Yeah. It, it kind of felt a little... At the end of the day, I'm not really sure what it add to the gameplay. Um but you could, you could, if you paid attention to it, there were times you could definitely use it to your advantage. But at worst, if you weren't really looking at it, it could kick you in the teeth. So, mm, take. I, I didn't really feel like it, it needed to be in there. Um, and then, but the other, the other thing they added, which I thought was a lot cooler, was like a, I, I forget what the official term is, but it was essentially uh, team attacks. So when certain characters are paired up together and they're fighting, you can combine their skills. It takes up both their turns. Uh, but to do kind of like a Chrono Trigger combined attack, like a tech combined tech. So um, uh, you might have two characters who can cast a uh, fire spell and come out a bigger fire spell or cast fire on the sword type of thing. But there were different kinds. There were 75 altogether. And honestly, I don't remember the particular ones off my head, so I can't give you exact examples. But I remember um, reading about it. and um, But it's very much like Chrono Trigger, and they weren't all spelled out for you. So part of the fun is discovering it uh those combos now one little frustrating things is they tell you about the combo attacks and i played the first episode uh so far and and they start you off with fix and wedge how funny is that right fix and wedge <laughs> show you how to do combo attacks but then fix and wedge goes away and you're playing Theodore. okay it's, it's it's vix and wedge not bigs and wedge maybe it was bigs and wedge i'm sorry <laughs> The vodka. Because Vix was a mistranslation in six. Ah. Maybe it was a homage. Oh, yeah. It maybe, it, maybe it was. Uh, I'm the, sure the somebody will correct us. The still lives. Oh, jeez. <laughs> all I can tell you, boys and girls, is it, it introduced this cool mechanic, uh, but then immediately gave me Seador, um, and Seador can't tech with himself or combo with himself. So for the first dungeon, I didn't actually get to play with the new mechanic. Now, my understanding in reading ahead a little bit uh, in some of the other episodes and reading some reviews and the such is that this is kind of a problem where oftentimes because of storyline purposes, similar to Final Fantasy IV, <laughs> you're, you're not going to always have another person to tech with. So it is a little frustrating when you don't get to use that new mechanic. But the new mechanic's always there, so don't worry about that. Um, unless, of course, the one person you have in your party is only a physical attacker and the moon is in such a phase to where your physical attacks are cut in half. That sucks. One character has the effectiveness. Yeah. yeah. So it, there was some hit or misses there, but I think, honestly, if you're a fan of Final Fantasy IV, though, um, you're going to want to play this because it does give you more story and it ties up a couple of, like, well, what happened afterwards? And it ties up some of those loose ends, so... I thought I I mean reading this I'm now I want to go and read go break up my PSP and try to actually get through this. Did any of y'all spend any time on the PSP version though? A little bit. It's <laughs> a gorgeous version of the game. It is very beautiful. I mean I looked at the screenshots and that's why I picked the PSP version. Uh unfortunately I haven't actually it's one of those many things that I picked up after reading the reviews, looking at the screenshots, um and deciding that the DS version wasn't for me because I don't believe it has the augment. I believe when I read the reviews I'm pretty sure the PSP version did not bring the augment system. I don't believe in. so either. Yeah. So, Might use the same translation. I'm not sure. <laughs> so if I fail on that one, it really is all my fault. Um, <laughs> but anyways, uh, so PSP, very, very pretty, but 2D doesn't have the augments and stuff. So let's see. What other versions could we need to wrap this up? We have... I'm looking at Steam right now. You can get the Final Fantasy IV bundle, which is on Ooh. sale right now for 11.50. You get Final Fantasy 4 and the After Years. 
Or if you just want one of them, it's seven nine. I sp- I should say eight bucks because I hate ninety nine cents. <laughs> what is super interesting? Now this is super mind blowing. This is very interesting. I'm looking. I'm glad you brought that up, Mike, because I'm looking at it. And check it out. The after years are done in polygons. So this – do not yawn while we're recording. <laughs> Holy crap. Do you know how hard that is to edit? No, I'm not editing that. I'm leaving that in. Okay. So final – check it out. Final Fantasy – look at that. Those are 3D polygons. This is the only way to play the after years in 3D because the Weaver, uh, the Wii after years and the, uh, the PSP are using the 2D graphics. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So now mm-hmm. I'm questioning whether or not the Final Fantasy IV that they have on here is really a port of the DS version with the augment system. Ooh. It probably that, is. That would take a little diving. That would take a little diving. So maybe one of you guys can look that up while I continue to read some stats here. So uh, let's see. So in 2009 was when they started releasing those episodes that we were talking about. Uh, 2011 was the PlayStation Portable uh, that had the complete collection. 2012, they started porting a lot of these, uh, one of these versions to iOS. 2013, we got the Android versions. And then 2014, we got the PC ports that you can find now through Steam, which on the day of this recording happened to be on sale. Steam's having its big summer sale going on. Of course, by the time we get this recording posted, uh, yeah, <laughs> that limited time if, if offer get, will be expired. You can also get Final Fantasies 3, 7, 8, 13, 13, 2, and I'm probably missing a couple. But not the right not now. the best one, Final Fantasy Phil? 6. Yeah. So I just came upon a tweet that is extremely relevant to this discussion. Sure. It is, Final Fantasy 4 on PC is so bad I asked Steam for a refund after 8 minutes. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Really? Well, let's take a look here. Uh, Final Fantasy 4 PC has 300 uh, on Steam. They have this little system of either thumbs up or thumbs down. 359. I see, I see very positive. Very positive. 82% of the 359 user reviews are positive for this game. Oh, they have, they have pretty cut scenes. Are you guys watching this? I'm uh, looking at what is clearly the DS version of Final Fantasy 4. Well, they have these cuts. I don't remember these, these beautiful cut scenes on my PlayStation 4. They have like FMV. There was a couple of them in the opening of the Holy DS version. Holy crap, Riddy is hot. <laughs> wow. That sounds like the opening. Wow. Wow, this is clearly after the aging effect, because if you think about that beforehand, you probably get arrested. Um, <laughs> wow. Okay. Wow. Well, how hey! Old Ces- how old is Cecil supposed to be? 20? 19? Yeah, I couldn't... But, but, but when, you, when it switches... You, you're, you're always a... a a death-dealing dark knight at the age of nineteen twenty—it's just—it's just that easy, man. It is. Well, but then when it switches, when because it's on a slideshow now, uh, when it switches to the gameplay screenshots, it, it looks like oh, I, I, it's like PlayStation One graphics, maybe a little tiny better. No, they're, um, they're better than PlayStation. 1. Yeah, they they don't have noses though, but they do have eyes and mouths. So at least they're not completely <laughs> faceless. We've had that discussion before. No, no, Pets Phil. Rarely Stop have there. noses. The, the chocobo like has fine. a nose. The fat chocobo has a nose. The goblins he have a have nose. A chocobo. He better have a nose. Palem and Param or whatever the mages have like painted on noses, but uh, Cecil here noseless. At least Cecil has eyebrows, though, so I guess that kind of makes up for the lack of a breathing apparatus. He definitely has a mouth. Maybe he's a mouth breather. You know, this is a little point, but it's something that irritates the the old school gamer in me. The the uh, where where you can pick attack, jump items, and showing their names and their stats. It looks like some RPG font, RPG maker font, like complete Ariel. I mean, just totally. 
boring ass font. Oh well, I pick. Um, okay, so you got like eighteen different ways to play this. So, okay, guys, this is the wrap-up here. If someone's like, oh, my gosh, you guys have sold me on Final Fantasy IV. Mind you, boys and girls, this is not the deepest plot in the world. I should have, yeah, but but this is, <laughs> but come on. <laughs> you got to go on. If you have never played Final Fantasy IV. What? What? You, not a deep plot? Bad, <laughs> bad guy actually good, controlled by evil monster on the moon? <laughs> come on. <laughs> Other crystals underground? Yeah. Uh, People Phil, surviving this, this, what should have killed them multiple times? This hey, plot is incredible. Said bad guy suddenly turning into a creature due to his hatred, anger thing that doesn't really get explained. Okay, that is not it deep. It perfectly None of- well explained, Cassandra. <laughs> he hated so hard that his <laughs> hatred gained sentience. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that you know- happens all the time. I don't know why we're having a problem with this. <laughs> you know, after after more of this drink, that's actually funny. Uh, no, none of this is deep. But but come on, this is like the. I mean, if you really want to see where RPGs took that first step towards being awesome, JRPGs took that first step to really being awesome. This is for me. This is the big huge first step. It wasn't Final Fantasy One. It wasn't the Dragon Quest games. It was this. Anyways, uh, on a note about the story, the DS version—I don't know if this—it might be in the PSP version, but the DS version actually adds a lot of extra script because apparently the original version, like a large percentage of it, how much of it was like cut from the original uh, Super Nintendo Super Famicom version, hmm. and a bunch of that was reworked into the DS version. Apparently, I didn't see all that much added. There were a few extra lines here and there, and one scene with Golbez. I don't even remember what it was. Oh yeah, here we go. Uh, according to executive producer, three-fourths of the original script had been cut from the Super Famicom version, but some of the lost material has been reworked. Okay, so just some was reworked into this remake. Still, pretty neat. Hmm. It's yeah. a shame they couldn't do more, because that would have been really interesting. Yes, that would have. I-, I imagine most of what was lost once upon a time was Hironobu Sakaguchi just sniffing glue and coming up with goofy ideas that were not incorporated. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Wait, you mean you mean they can't go deeper inside the earth and just have a guy who's made out of magma or something? Okay, uh, and they go to the moon. That'll work. And um, there's there's another moon out there. Oh wait, you're not gonna let me do that. Okay, then, then there's a giant on Earth that the moon people make up. Why maybe am I they, doing this? Maybe they cut out a few moons. Maybe, maybe. went to like four or five moons. <laughs> okay, all right. Maybe they all went right. to Jupiter once upon a time. All right, all right, guys. All right, come on now. Come on. Okay, okay. We've we've, we've flown off the track again. Okay. The, the first spaceship wasn't a whale. It was a hippo. Okay, stop it. Stop it. Okay. Now, we can all agree that the PlayStation version, not the awesomest, right? With those long-ass load times. All right, it's off the table. All I right. never played it, so I should it's, it. it's It's not... Did you play the PlayStation version? Yes. Did you not see the load times every time you got into a fight? Yeah, and... Did I that not drive it. you bananas after playing the SCBS <laughs> version? Because it I'm drove me gonna... crazy. It didn't drive me crazy. It was annoying, but I was still playing Final Fantasy IV. You're patient. I didn't have an SNES cart anymore, so... Alright, you're on an island. You have to leave a version behind. PSP. Uh, You're going to leave the PSP behind? Yeah, you know, the the 3DS version is really cool, but... uh, Oh, you're going to take the PSP with you? Yeah, well, and the PSP version has the uh, the after years, so... Ah, uh, of course. uh, Even if... And the interlude. Yes, even if those aren't the greatest, it's still more content than the, the DS version, so... I'd have to go with that one. 
Plus, it, it does look really nice. Now, Cassandra, mm-hmm. you've played the DS version, you enjoyed the DS version, mm-hmm. but you've heard about uh, the after years. If you yes. were going to go to an island, would you grab that DS cartridge that you know and love? Or would you take a chance with the after years in either the PC format or the, uh, the uh, PSP? Uh, if that's the only game I get to play on that system, then I suppose the PSP version, just for the handheld handheldness of it all. The the after the the after year deal. Yes. The the um I mean because the only other I mean the, the PS the DS has the 3D versions, but it also has the augments. But everybody else outside of me who just hates the thing to death says the augments <laughs> aren't really that big of a deal. So if you t- if did you feel they were that big of a deal? Uh, again, I did use a couple of them, but I didn't spend too much time extensively, so not that big a deal. Fine, so not, but not that big a deal. So not that big of a deal. So you could take it or leave it, and then mm-hmm. that just leaves you with the after leave. Uh, how about you, Minky? Well, since I've played multiple other versions, I would probably go with the PSP or the PC version just because I haven't played those, and they come with the after years, and then I would get a huge package, and even if it's terrible, at least it would be something new to me. Um... You know, but after all, 82% of Steam users can't be wrong. 82% right? of Steam users. <laughs> I, not. Um, you know, Mike, you should check the see, and see what the ratings of Agarest were or something. That, that'll give us a good right. barometer. Uh, you know what? Here, why don't you keep talking? I will do something that I will probably regret because uh, our very own Sam, now Wachter, mentioned that these that particular series was on sale couple of days ago. And I, <laughs> I observed that, of course, I could always just throw my money into the sewer and get about as much entertainment in a much shorter span of time. But, uh, okay, let's let's see here. Let's see. What do the Steam people have to say about Agarest Generations of War? Oh, mostly positive. 77% of the 1,280 Ooh. user reviews for this game are positive. Well, 77% of these people are amazingly easily satisfied, I would say. I could just dangle a string in front of them and they would probably be entertained. How did this devolve into another Agorist Wars discussion? I'm I'm sorry. When did this happen? (laughs) When did I lose control of this podcast? I I was honestly I wanted like some other game to give us a barometer of how Steam reviews go. And that was the first thing that came to mind. (laughs) Alright, so... No, Zero is on sale It's 70% off, but I could buy a couple of brand muffins for five ninety nine <laughs> and get much, much better value. Okay, so refocus. This is Final Fantasy IV. Okay, so I, I, I haven't had enough time to really research this in depth, but glancing over some of these Steam reviews, I'm looking for facts rather than just opinions, and one person writes, and if this is what he says is true, it would be a deciding factor for me not knowing anything else if if I'm coming to the table. He said, I played this a long time ago, the after years, on the Wii and loved it. I've not played the PSP version. From what I understand, it adds all the uh, all the uh, uh, it adds extra content to the Wii version, right? Cause, I mean, that's true because we talked about the interlude. Imagine my surprise when I finished the game and realized the Steam version not only lacks the content of the PSP version, um, but even removes content relative to uh, the uh, what was on the Wii. So if that's tr- so, first of all, it sounds like it doesn't have the interlude, and second of all, it sounds like it might even be removing some content. If that's true, you, if you have a PSP, you probably want to stick with the PSP. But if you don't, then you got a PC. At least I have with, to wonder what. The- yeah, what in the hell could they possibly remove? It's got the 
I mean, it's clearly a lot different though because three D graphics and so so they might have to short change. Yeah, something. they may have cut cut out some storylines or something. Ah. So, anyways, if you guys got some more details, hey, here's a really great way. If some of you have played all the different versions, you can give us some more contrast between, especially the after years, between the Steam and the PSP version. We'd love to hear from you. You can write at the boards at rpgamer.com on the thread that we'll have for the podcast and let us know, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. Oh, hey, I got stuff in my Steam basket. Whoops. I should have bought that before the sale was over. All right, so... There's always another sale. Right. So it sounds like for the <laughs> most part we would say the PSP version. If you don't have the PSP, then you might either want to look at the PC version or the, the DS. All right. Fair enough. Well, that was awesome. Uh, we're going to take a break. Uh, we're going to come back and wrap this up with a interesting final lap because uh, this one's going to be a little different from our other final laps because we're going to talk some E3. Very unusual for a podcast. But uh, if you hang on, you'll find out why. Be right back. This is the final app where normally we read your comments and stuff, but since we just posted our last show a couple of days ago because Mike Minky works me like a freaking horse, uh, we don't really have a lot of comments just yet. Instead, we're going to replace today's comments section and, and, and what with a bunch of E3 talk. Now, normally, 
I don't like to do E3 talk. I don't even like E3 because for the most part, they're talking about these games that may or may not come out in the next year or two. And and, and Halo Five, Phil. Halo Five. They're a bunch of first-person shooters. I'll watch some of these presentations. They're all kinds of games I don't care about. And hell, I'm cheap. So when you think about Phil doesn't even like to buy a game until it's been out for a year and it's gone down to half price. Boy, those games are like way off my radar. So normally I don't watch. But Phil, that cool Destiny expansion you saw a trailer for, you can get in on that game now for pretty cheap. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm thinking not. But imagine my surprise when I'm in the staff channel and I keep seeing uh, discussion after discussion with a lot of retro news in it. So we're going to discuss that. We're gonna, I got lots of just all kinds of sequels and, and retro news and oh my god, this is and, crazy. And uh, man, there, there's something being remade. I don't know what that game is, though. Right. It's so obscure. Nah, don't get ahead, Mike. Don't get ahead. So let's talk about first, uh, yeah, Xbox, Xbox One, they're getting backwards compatibility. If y'all remember a back track from way back ago, uh, when we talked about the PlayStation 4, the only thing I didn't like about the PlayStation 4 was that it wasn't backwards compatible. I like playing my old games. I like the fact when my consoles play old games. And I think the fact they were getting rid of backwards compatibility and calling it, that's just the, you know, they were just saying, hey, that's the way audiences are moving. Screw you! Dang, nabbit. Well, I'm in the minority, but I'm a vocal minority. You're not in the minority. And you know what really grinds my gears, Phil? What's that? Is now? the fact that they don't have PS1 emulation on the PS4, as if that's difficult on a machine that powerful. I don't understand well, this. Well, clearly they... it is. If the PlayStation 3 could barely be bothered to remember it, then obviously the PlayStation 4 considers it <laughs> they... beneath its abilities. <laughs> they... How much, how much they more would it, it make the, the system Vita. cost, anyway? <laughs> they put it on the freaking Vita! I'm going to say it would cost about uh, 50 cents each PlayStation I, 4. I remember <laughs> when they started, because I, the, I got one of the fat uh, PlayStation 3s that could still do PlayStation 2 oh. games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you haven't heard that story, it's an interesting one because, of course, the PlayStation 3s originally came out 600 bucks, but then they made this big announcement, new, thinner, whatever, and and uh, they were going to get rid of backwards compatibility. It was going to be a little bit cheaper, and uh, I was like, oh my gosh, I get one of those backwards compatible ones now because now they're going to phase them out. And there was a deal they had. They were trying to clear out the inventory where if you got a backwards compatible, not only would it be $100 off, but if you signed it for the credit card at the same time, they give you another $150 refund. So oh, I nice. got I got a big fat backwards compatible PlayStation 3 for a net price of 350 bucks. Wow. And it's still nice. working today. Thank you. Yeah, luckier than my friend. He had to travel to the other side of the island, and it, Long Island, is, as the name implies, long to find a store that still had one at the time uh, for, it's, for a it's, decent price too. Yeah, because it's like an attack on backwards compatibility. But imagine my frustration when I found out later on that taking this chip out, the I think they call it the emotion chip um, of the future PlayStation threes, only saves them like I guess something like twenty bucks a unit. Wow. I would, I'd be like, why wouldn't you sell that as a separate screw for an extra 50 bucks? And yeah. you're making $30 extra profit. I, I don't know. They had so many other SKUs for different hard drive sizes and everything yeah. else. Whatevs. I personally, being a retro gamer, got pissed. So thankfully I got my own backwards compatible. I'm always worried about it breaking. Um, anywho, you know, so here comes Xbox One saying, oh, we're backwards compatible now. Moving forward with 360, we're working on it. So, well, don't forget the the fine script the the uh, the fine line there that it's not every game. No, it's not every game, and, and that's well. The PlayStation, the newer PlayStation threes did have some. They were like com- they were 
kind without the emotion chip i guess they could do that emulation somehow through software but then you run into compatibility issues so that's what it sounds like the xbox one is doing now uh in this generation so meh. all right let's get on to more exciting stuff so the very first tweet i got um and uh from e3 it was on sunday uh when they're doing some of those earlier shows earthbound who wants to talk about this it's this is the origin this is is the original mother for the famicom except this is the prototype nes cart that was translated in 1990 they finished the translation a little rough around the edges but never released it presumably because the super nintendo was right around the corner and they didn't think such a niche rpg would do that well and also because all the attempt to get people to buy dragon quest had been failing right right that's it (laughs) So yeah, they didn't think yeah they didn't think the genre would be all that hot. So they just kind of kept it there. They were going to call that game Earthbound. Instead, they called the sequel Mother Two Earthbound. And after twenty five years since that translation, and I don't know how many years since the Japanese release, probably the twenty six, twenty seven. Finally, it's available in North America on the Wii and Europe on the Wii U Virtual Console. Woo-hoo. Yeah. So for six or Yay. ten bucks or whatever it is. Yeah, it's about. That- yeah, it was about. You can have a legitimate non emulation version, <laughs> non illegally downloaded, <clears throat> patched <clears throat> version of Earthbound. Uh, so that is super, super awesome. Yeah. And it's and also, that... it's exactly the same translation of that uh, prototype slash uh, hack. Exactly. They didn't even change the title screen because its official name in English is Earthbound Beginnings. But it, you, you, you boot it up, it still says Earthbound. <laughs> and it still has awkward translations like, you know, the enemy uh, suffered damage of 10 or whatever. And some other, let's just, you know, like, it's obvious, it's an awkward translation because 1990. Well, it's cool you get that, uh, you know, authentic 1990s translation. And although, oddly, that it had some kind of fun, I remember some, some random lines from that game, actually. So it's actually kind of neat for its time. But, yeah. It's, it's, this really came out of nowhere. Were there any rumors about this? I know, not to my knowledge. I had no, no idea. Not, not to my knowledge at all. Uh, that's I. Okay. Made, I just I had a nerdgasm. I mean, it came out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, I was. Well, yeah, I was amazed. I'm pretty sure there were a lot of rumors before they oh, did Earth Earthbound. Oh, there's always rumors of oh they're going to release it on the virtual console at some point. They're going to you know do a enhanced remake. Yeah. They're going to release Mother Three as some sort of downloadable thingy, which actually is slightly more plausible now than Mother. Is out. Yeah, that, that really seems a lot more like more of a. <laughs> yeah, I, honestly, I almost was like expecting it during their presentation, although it's probably too soon. After yeah. This. So but, that's pretty but, cool. Uh, yeah. that's, that's just the that's just the start. We got even more. So some of y'all might remember, but we did an RPG backtrack not that long ago about a Dreamcast. I think it's a Dreamcast game <laughs> called Shimu. Oh, oh God! Who wants to talk about this one? Uh, well, sh- what was uh, Yu Suzuki's original plan, Mister Epps? Do you remember? Was it twelve or fifteen chapters that Shenmue was going to take? I was going to say six. It's more I, than that. I guess it was way more than that. Because <laughs> the second game, he skipped chapter two. The second game took up chapters three, four, and five. Okay. And I. It was either 12 or 15, and I'm sure somebody will tell me because I can't be bothered to look it up right now, but if this game is going to go through the rest of it, then it's going to be either really compressed or it's not going to do the whole job and we're going to have to have a Shenmue 4. (laughs) I'm pretty sure it's going to bankrupt Sony. That's what's going to happen. 
you don't think that the, you don't think the endless fount of Kickstarter cash will supply the necessary money? I think that's probably a pretty small amount of the funding. Well, let's see. What was Shenmue One's budget? It was over a hundred million dollars. Yeah, and that was that was in nineteen ninety nine. It is currently at as of the time of this recording, it is two point eight million dollars <laughs> on a goal of two million dollars, and it's not even one full day yet. Still got thirty full days to go. I don't understand oh. how they could have only asked for two million. How much? I know Sony has apparently provided some funding for this, so I'm just wondering how Sony, much. Uh, Sony corporate needs money badly. It's got lots of hemorrhaging businesses. Yes. This is not the way to get it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah. I don't understand this project. Here's my at business all. stratagem. I am Sony of Japan. I am five hundred million dollars in the red, and I will ask you for two million dollars to patch it. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, not good math. Someone must have been like, "Well, Sega's still around, so it didn't totally destroy them. What could go wrong? <laughs> what could go wrong? <laughs> what could go wrong?" <laughs> Okay, so, uh, yeah, so Shinmu 3, uh, mind you, since the Kickstarter just gotten started, this game will probably come out in 2019 if it ever gets finished. Uh, so along those lines, speaking of bankruptcy issues and, and the such, uh, let me get this negative piece of news out of the way and, uh, and the such, but, uh, there was a lot of chatter on the internet about the fact that during the Sony press conference, the Vita was not, you know, was barely touched on, and so, and there was an earlier, an earlier there was discussion a bit in the trailer somewhere in the middle. Yeah, there. somewhere in the middle, just barely touched on. And then earlier, like last week, there was an article about during the shareholder conference, the uh, some head dude referring it to it already as a legacy console. So it's already of you know Sony's basically saying they're no longer officially uh, developing for the uh, the platform. So so the reason why I bring this up, boys and girls, on the RPG backtrack is because I want you to rest assured that despite all this negative news about the Vita out there, the Vita is still one hot, one damn hot machine for RP gaming, especially retro RP gaming, because you've got such a wealth, and this is what no one's talking about in any of these articles, you got still got such a wealth of PlayStation 1 and 2 games that they ported in through the PlayStation Network that work on this thing. Plus, uh, they're bringing out, you know, they brought out ports of like Discade 3 and 4 and Persona 4 Gold and his stuff. And Persona 3, I believe, can be brought through the PlayStation Network and played on the Vita. That could just suck up uh, millions of your hours. But then, uh, then on top of that, I'm still getting, I, in fact, I wrote, I mentioned this last week, I think, or the last show, but uh, I just got uh, a dungeon crawler. That was ported over from Japan. Uh, Tokyo. Thank you, apps. The vodka cloudsman. Yes, Operation Abyss, something or rather. And it's a very Tokyo Legacy. Thank you. Oh, you guys are awesome. But okay, um, a podcasting pro tip, boys and girls. If one of you is drinking liquor, make sure you have a couple people who don't, so they can get your facts straight for you. So yes. (laughs) Operation Doodad, and and I, I talked about this a little bit on last show. I'm not going to go into it again, but a wizardry-like uh, port of a PlayStation 2 game. So we're still going to get a lot of third-party support, especially in the RPG realm. You're going to get RPGs on there. You're not going to necessarily get on the 3DS. And even if they come on both consoles, I've noticed before, like with um, – not that it's the best RPG example in the world, but Conception um, looks better on the Vita than it does on 3DS. So, yeah, if you're an RPG lover, you're a retro RPG lover, especially an RPG back, don't let this bad negative crap, you know, c- tell you to throw away your Vita, sell your Vita, or not buy a Vita if you don't have one yet. 
it is a great console for doing your retro gaming on. I think you can play every Final Fantasy from – gosh, because you can play Chronicles. You can play almost every Final Fantasy on it. It's it's that awesome. All right, moving on. Uh, during the Bethes- well, well, Phil, Phil yeah. I was just going to point out that apparently a lot of niche pub- niche publishers that release games on the system are yeah. doing are selling like plenty of copies. So, uh, I since the the system's still doing well in Japan, I don't think people really need to worry too much about no. You're, you're you're right, Adam. System right. These these uh these announcements in quotation marks. These announcements essentially mean we're not going to get probably another Assassin's Creed, maybe yeah. or what's it called, Uncharted, whatever. But hey, those of you who listen to this podcast, while you may enjoy those games from time to time, that's really not your bread and butter, right? It is the RPGs and the stuff that comes from Japan and stuff, and we're still going to see a lot of those on the Vita. So, yeah. The, the, so basically, I say what they're saying is the Vita's no longer a mainstream console, which we already knew. So Yeah. But how many awesome RPGs did we get on the PlayStation? Even on the PlayStation Two, the PlayStation Three, the PSP. Once We're they still stopped... getting them from yeah. one crazy guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <Pacific> Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> once they stopped becoming mainstream consoles, uh, that's actually, especially with the PSP. No, no, not just from Vic Ireland, from XC Two. Uh, oh, that's right. Oh, wait, yeah, but they're what? they're not crazy enough to release that on UMDs. So. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Are you ta- wait? Is that the guy who's making Classic Heroes Three and and? Uh... Uh, night. Summon Night. Summon, Summon Night, Night 5, yeah. Which we're still getting on the PSP. What the hell? So, yeah, yeah, the Vita still has a ton of RPG life in it. Tons. So don't let that stuff discourage you. All right, moving on. Uh, Bethesda did a big, huge push for Fallout 4. Don't really care about that. I'll buy the Collector's Edition five years from now for 20 bucks <laughs> with all the expansions that everybody else paid $200 for. But... What was really cool was uh, they also said they got a new app that you can go and download right now, and and I I like it. And so I'm just doing a quick plug for it. Try it. It's called Fallout Shelter. You're an overseer, and you run your own Fallout Shelter. If you played the previous RPGs, and we've talked about them before, and you've always said, what would it be like to be the overseer of my own shelter? There you go. Check it out. And you don't have to pay anything for it. Um, it's pretty cool. All right, moving on. Super exciting. Today I'm watching this stuff at work. Um, talk about RPGs out of nowhere. Oh my gosh, where do we start? Uh, Fallout 4. No, no, new... Well, okay, yes, I suppose. you had Fallout. Mario and Luigi Paper Jam? Thank you! Talk about Mario and Luigi Paper Jam. I'm more excited about that. Tell me about Mario and Luigi Paper Jam. It's a crossover between the Mario and Luigi RPG series and the Paper Mario RPG series, which is like this weird dream game I never even thought dream about. Dream yeah. yeah. I never, did. I, never, I never imagined it, for sure. Yeah, because, I mean, I liked the Mario and RPG games. I liked the Paper Mario games. Never thought about some weird crossover between them, but it looks really awesome. So. The Nintendo the Nintendo press conference, in my humble opinion, was a bit underwhelming, but it was highlights like that for the RPG fan to me that was like, holy crap, that is an awesome idea. Uh, speaking of Nintendo and and uh, what other ideas did they have? What else did they have? Uh, Project- Fire Emblem Fates? Fire Emblem. Oh, my God. Wasn't that beautiful? Mm. Uh-huh. We have talked about this on the show. Did we talk about Fire Emblem? Wait, did we actually do an official backtrack, though? Is it two we years did. old? And we did that. Yeah, we did the backtrack of Fire Emblem. We did a Blast from the Past with Awakening. Yeah. And yeah I, but, mm-hmm. but we, we never did a, a backtrack that really was for Awakening. Though, for Awakening. Yeah. Yeah. Our full Fire Emblem episode came out 
Before Awakening came but out. But a blast. Yeah. You get a blast because it's been two years now. So that's why, I mean, Fire Emblem series, huge long series that up until Awakening, for the most part, only people like, you know, those, those you guys on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. And those, I, yeah. It was a very niche audience. And then Awakening came out, had great reviews, got some great push, and now more people than ever are playing, obviously. So, you know, even with the success, of the critically acclaimed success of the game and knowing how good it was, I personally did not I, I didn't have the opinion that uh, I didn't know that it was doing so well that they would actually consider another one because as we talked about before, this was the make or break game for who was who makes this game? Intelligent systems. Yeah, this was like if this didn't if Awakening didn't work out, this was it. And I know it did well, but I didn't know it would do so well that they could go quickly back to the well and make another one. It sold over a million copies. Woo! Worldwide, so I'm not complaining. Yeah. The, the, yeah, the, how many? The, how many old school like turn-based strategy RPGs can you say sold over a million? How many RPGs aside from Final Fantasy, Kingdom Hearts, Pokemon, and maybe the Mario games sell over a million? Yeah, that's Good true. Point. This... Yeah. Well, we're leaving Japan out because we know Dragon Quest well, sells four million copies every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Wait, wait. I can guess one. Project X Zone. Okay, just In kidding. Japan? No, <laughs> I'm just joking. But Project X Zone 2, they mentioned that. If you like the first one, there's another one coming out. Okay, glazing over that one because I didn't. Yeah. Uh, okay, there was. Oh, I'll you, play it. Did you? Did you? Did you like it? Did somebody like it? Did somebody love it? No. The original I tolerated it at the end. <laughs> right. Yeah, that, that's a good description. <laughs> it's a tattoo. It, it, for those of you who don't know, Mike, why don't you, Mickey, why don't you tell us about the original one for those who may not know about this game, this jewel? Well, it it is a tactical game with uh, an awful lot of characters from multiple companies. You get to see Mega Man X and Zero paired up with uh, what's-his-face from Die Hard Arcade and uh, what's-her-face Claire and some other guy from Resident Evil and uh, Ken and Ryu from Street Fighter... Actually, if you don't know where they're from, you probably don't play any video games, so we <laughs> tell you that. Uh, and they're all together with a whole bunch of other people. I mean, a lot of people. There's, what's his face, Lloyd from Tales of Vesperia and a couple other people from that game, which I never played, So, but they had an has, awesome battle theme. It has the cast from Resonance of Fate. Yep. Wow. So, that's that's the, I remember. Reaching. You told me that's why you got it. Yes, that is the reason I bought the game. Wow. And I know a couple of Sakura War, Sakura War characters got Sakura Wars. Yeah, got in. Ogami, Ogami, Sakura, Erika, and uh, what's her face from Sakura Five? And I'm going to remember her name eventually. She's the redheaded cowgirl. Uh, uh, Gemini Sunrise. There we go. Thank you. <laughs> I had to kick myself in the head for a minute there. Uh, and you spend almost half the game getting everybody together because there are a lot of people to get together. And then you just keep going through battles, and it makes Super Robot Wars games where you beat people up multiple times look ridiculous, because most of the time you don't have to beat up the same person more than once or twice, but here, oh gosh, I hope you like facing, uh, what's her face from Shining Force Neo, uh, no, Shining Force EXA, and that, that one of the bosses from... The the ghouls and go- the ghosts and goblins series over and over, and the the nemesis from Resident Evil over and over, and I'm not even getting into all of them, but I just hope you like beating all of them up over and over and over again because they will get up many many times and just run away and come back again, and it get by the time you finally get to the last level, 
and you actually get a final boss you've never fought before. You go, yay, somebody I haven't fought before five times, except he surrounds himself with all of the other bosses in the game. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, and I was trying my best to get it done as quickly as possible because Mac got me this game specially so I could review it, and I didn't want to let him down, so I played it it only took me about nine, ten days, I think, to beat, and it's a long game. So I was well and truly sick of it by the end. Because <laughs> the later the later battles take two, two and a half hours to get done, and you can lose all of that if somebody gets killed who your mission guidelines said, don't let this person die. That's fine. I remember, uh, I think it was Claire and whoever her teammate is, uh, they got killed by a zombie, and I had just sunk an hour and a half into that battle. Oops, it's all gone. Yeah, so, happy day. So make sure you pre-order is what you're saying. Make sure you pre-order the the next one that's coming out. Well, uh, well let me put it this way. It's easy to improve upon. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, uh, so, okay. So let's talk about a game that's maybe not so far away. Something that's closer to us. Something that's very close to us. You would even say it's dear to us. It's so close. Okay, it's near. Come on, guys. <laughs> Come on. Holy crap. Was that on the Sony? I think it was on the Sony press conference. And I, well, I, Isn't it nice next, that, that after yeah. we got Drakengard 3, now we get a near 2 or whatever they're going to call it? I swear we've talked about near on this podcast. And if we, we haven't, yeah, I'll say. And it was just... It, it, it was it, it's just one of those games that if you played it experienced it there were so many cool things it wasn't the most awesome game in the world but it, it was memorable and that's something you don't see a lot of these days um uh, and 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 didn't get a lot of press it didn't have a lot of marketing money commercially i think it was a flop i mean you just i mean the I, thing hit the bargain been pretty quick didn't it i actually don't think so phil no okay well it must it, not be because i think it actually did pretty well did it do surprisingly uh, I, don't already I, know I remember this, there was I've, that ridiculous that it did pretty well there's that ridiculous controversy over whether we were getting the the different protagonist because all, the japanese only wanted that young boy oh, thing in Remember how that was all over the radar for a while with this game, that there were two versions, one for each region? Well, I think Japan got both versions. We only got the older protagonist, I believe. Oh, Although they were nearly did, identical. I think, uh, let's see here. It did, it did, uh, yeah, 200,000 copies in Japan, 140,000 in North America, 160 in Europe. Uh, about, about a little more than half a million worldwide. Is that generally considered a success? For a niche RPG, you know, new IP, yeah, that's actually pretty decent. For that kind of game, yeah, probably, and it probably didn't have a huge budget either. No, it didn't. No, no, but but it was it was beautiful in its own way. I mean, it was, but it wasn't from the technical prowess. It was from the artistic presentation. It it was just, and I liked it because of the theme. I mean, how many stories do you have of a father trying to save his daughter in the twenty first century? It's all spiky hair teenagers with angsty issues and crap. Spiky hair, Phil. Spiky hair is that is that foreshadowing, Phil? Yeah, it's a (laughs) it's a little foreshadowing. Yes. Um, If we're talking about stuff from the Western world, then it's usually macho men with guns saving us from alien invasion. Right. This is true. Stubble. 
Right. So well, uh, macho men just seem to come with stubble. <laughs> true. You can't be bothered to shave all the time if you're busily killing everything at it coming in your face. It's true. So uh, unless you're so macho that you can hold the gun in one hand and shave with the other. So uh, they. Yes, I think they, they've just given somebody a million dollar idea. Ah, jeez. <laughs> yes, they announced uh, that uh, SE has uh, approached Platinum Games to develop this new game. Uh, the the trailer is you know, is pretty cool. Uh, I like uh, the, the the Platinum Games bit is is good news there. Yeah. So was, that's, that's whoever, whoever they had developing the original Nier was not so great. So I'm but excited. It, the game was good despite that. <laughs> yes, in spite of and 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 and, and I love Gothic. The, the chick that they showed was gothic Alright, uh, let's move on. I still got more on the list. Okay, uh, let's, uh, let's, let's go to a planet far, far away with lots of stars. Stars. A sea of stars. Might you say an ocean? Yeah, like an ocean of them. Exactly, Abs. <laughs> I, come on! Out of all of the freaking franchises you could perform necromancy uh, uh, on, Star Ocean, really? I was like, come but on! People still like it. People don't still like it. How, don't you remember how everyone loved Star Ocean, the last story? Yeah, it was. Or the last hope, whatever it was. It was craptastic. <laughs> well, don't you remember how some people who ne- hadn't even played the game took great offense at it being called anything less than amazing when our very own Adrian Dainoud refused <laughs> on the site. <laughs> not follow the joke that was stayed on for how many years? I don't even. Uh, so anyways. Got Star Ocean back. It, it does it, look have good. have no choice but to reference it again. It does. Okay, I don't read reviews by Adrian Dinauden. I'm No, I'm sorry I don't read reviews <laughs> by Adrian Dinauden. <laughs> Uh, it does look good. The trailer does look good. I think one of the things that was pretty interesting about the trailer was if you if any of y'all play Star Ocean, it's similar to uh, Tales of whatever games where you generally have lots of characters running around at the same time and you're controlling the main character, but you're kind of giving them commands. Uh, it, it's a lot of stuff going on at once for my bunny brain. But uh, I thought what was interesting was this one had six freaking characters in battle. Nice. Which is an awful lot of characters running around under AI control. So uh, that you know, because that means five of your friends now uh, characters are under AI control. So God bless them. Uh, this will definitely be in the execution. But as far as visual goes, it was very pretty to look at. Uh, yeah. Speaking of very pretty to look, oh, go ahead. Did you have something? Else? Well, I was just going to say what worried me is when they originally announced this, they said like the title and other aspects of it were meant to evoke Star Ocean Three. Which is a game I especially hate, so I'm very worried. <laughs> uh, so we'll uh, let's just say we look forward to that with some reservation. Um, so something that we're a little more optimistic about uh, is coming out on the Wii U, and uh, it must be extra awesome because it has lots of X's in the title. So who wants to talk about Xenoblade Chronicles X? I spent $40 on the soundtrack. What? Oh, yep. just a soundtrack? Yep, it's that's, awesome. That's, that's pretty standard for import soundtracks, but yeah. Mm. I actually uh, got it from the Japanese iTunes. So I'm uh, taking it you're a Xenoblade fan. So I'm taking it you're a Xenoblade fan. Well, I'm currently working, still working on reviewing Xenoblade for new 3DS, so... How, how's that going? You enjoying that? 
Uh, I really enjoy the game. It's just uh, it's, uh, very long. So are you uh, looking forward? What did you think about this uh, announcement of Xenoblade Chronicles X coming to Wii U? I th- every trailer I've seen to me looks like a game I will absolutely love. Ah, That's uh, about pretty much how I could sum it up. I I would I would agree with you. In fact, uh, the graphics were beautiful, and 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 what they were showing me, it, it was clearly that they put a lot of love and detail into the world itself. And that's yes. always been a big draw of Xenoblade uh, mm-hmm. games is is the world. Um, you know, speaking of world, that's an excellent segue into the next game that I want to talk about. A world full of detail, a world full of magic, a world full of fantasy. Who wants to talk about World of Fantasy? Fantasy? Dang Nevit, you guys are slowing the uptake tonight. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about Deus Ex. <laughs> okay, we were talking about Dark Souls Three, which I knew was going to be Dark Souls Three. No, no, yes. no, 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 forget, no, no. Forget about this. World we are Fantasy talking Fantasy. about World of Final Fantasy. Focus here, folks. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. Uh, I, I, I haven't researched it yet. I just got here. I, I didn't. There's very little known about it by the looks of it. Uh, you get to run around as chibi with chibi versions of the characters and the monsters and nobody really knows what else it's going to involve. They haven't really announced what on earth it, it is. Yeah, other than it's coming and it looks really cute. Is it an RPG? Is it a board game? Is it an old school arcade brawler? No we one can't emphasize this enough, boys and girls, on the trailer. When we say they're chibi, we mean really chibi. We're talking about their heads. Super chibi. Yeah. Like clouds. The director, the director of this game's name is Chiba. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's squeeze those heads down to a more realistic proportion to talk about, uh, talk about a game that looks a little more realistic. Something that, uh, that has more soul to it. Something yes. darker. Human. Darker. <laughs> darker. Oh. Soul with dark. Darkness soul. Uh, Hitman? Okay. Hitman? No, Dark Souls! Dark Souls! <laughs> Damn you! Dark Souls 3! We have tried to spell this out? Damn yes, do, you, apparently. people! Damn you! Dark Souls 3, talk dark about Souls it. Dark Souls 3. Yeah. Uh, Apps, I think you have thoughts on this. I heard there's, you like this this series. There's, there's a, there was a trailer, and it was a cinematic, and... Although I have seen some screenshots of the game. It's Dark Souls. It's awesome. What is yeah, so awesome Dark about Dark Souls, Michael? Come on. I think it's uh, overrated. What's so awesome about it? Um, you should go read my review of Dark Souls 2. All yeah. right. So Everything. Google it up. Dark Souls 2 RP Gamer apps. It pops right up. Because Lord only knows. Don't go to the website and search for it. You'll be looking forever. Just Google it. Um, just deep, fun, challenging RPGs that let, I let me, not recommend enough. Let, but let me ask you something. Let me ask you something, sure. Mike. With 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 we have Dark Souls one and two. We just got uh, what was that other game? Bloodborne. 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 Do you think it's too much? Is there something dump? Is there something majorly different that Dark Souls three is doing that that gets you excited? Uh, just not really enough information yet, but okay. I would say Bloodborne doesn't really factor in because there's the style of that is a lot different, and I don't mean like visually or story wise. I mean that it's much more action focused, whereas the Dark Souls games have a a bit slower pace to them. Mm. Not not necessarily that they play slow. Obviously, you need some reflex to them, but Bloodborne is much more action based, and so. I really don't know what new they're going to bring to this. I think I saw somewhere that it, this is supposedly the last 
Dark Souls, although I'm sure they're going to do more games in the style because it's it's been doing so well for From Software. Um, but there's definitely, I think there's definitely a lot more they can still do with the formula. So I'm interesting to see how Dark Souls Three turns out. Like I, I don't, I don't think they've gone, they've gone to this formula too much yet. I think there's still a lot they can do with it because there just haven't been enough RPGs like this. And I think that's why so many people have been, have been drawn to it because it's just it's, it's it hasn't been done enough. So we'll see. So so these games, you know, I played uh, I played the original Demon Souls or whatever the hell it was called, and it was really tough, really really hard, really wanted yeah. to kick my ass over and over again. Sometimes in in confronting some of the tougher bosses that were kicking my ass over and over again, I almost wish that there was some sort of plot device where a, this unseemingly unsolvable boss would be suddenly and abruptly resolved by a contrived and unexpected intervention of some new event or ability or object almost uh, like a new game called Janae Bonroku Sharp BFE no no Deus Ex what is wrong with you people I am trying so hard to do these crafty segues and you just frustrate me at every turn Deus Ex Machina Deus Ex 3 or whatever the hell what is it called Deus Ex something I thought you were talking about Tomb Raider no it's not even RPG that's not even close. Well, well, Why would you even think that? Play the most recent one. It's Why? G elements in it. Well, I'm the one drinking, not you. <laughs> <sighs> Somebody talk about this damn game. Deus Ex something. Somebody. Uh, what, what is the new title? Because I almost said Human Revolution. I'm like, no, this, that was the name it's, of the last one. I should know this. I it's don't. not The Fall. That was the last one, I it, think. It's, uh, it's, 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 it's human something or rather. Ma- mankind Divided. Okay, Action Jetson. Oh, yeah, man- mankind, mankind Divided. divided. Yeah, yeah. Yes, Mankind Divided. So, somebody. What's so awesome about this? We just talked about this. It's the first game anyways. Well, the first game was really awesome. I I don't know about this one yet because it's not out yet. I, well, and and last... it certainly better not be like the second game, which is not that good. Yeah, well, assuming it's like the the most recent one, I can tell you it's not like that one, and it should also be really good. Well, if it's Cause... not like in, if it's not like Invisible War, that's a good thing. Yes, <laughs> based on what I've played of it so far, which I should probably not be talking about yet. <laughs> So it, it had it, it does have I mean the 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 trailer was showing lots of really really great graphics of course way too early to tell how the gameplay is but uh, yeah. yeah has a lot of promise to it it's well, going to be in the execution I don't think anyone's really worried about this and to me what makes me not worried about this title is the updated version of the previous Deus Ex they did I think answered a lot of problems with the original release and seemed to indicate that they had a stronger understanding of the series, so um, I think this. I think it's going to be good. Okay, um, and, you know it's it's good to have this series uh, here and strong, and uh, with more games coming. You know. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of keeping a really good series strong, uh, you know, it, it's almost uh, you know the 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 momentum 
that Deus Ex has now. It's almost as if you have a lot of mass moving forward in it's motion. It's almost like you have just cause. No, no, damn <laughs> it, no! No, think, okay, all right, focus here, focus, focus, okay? It's almost as if it's got some sort of effect going for it, you know? Are, are we talking about something in space? Yes, yes, like something in space. Oh, like, mirror like, edge. Mirror's like, edge. No, where did the mirror's edge from? <laughs> You pull this out of your ass? No, damn you. Mass Effect Andromeda. Mass Effect 4. Come there's, on. There's a lot of space on the rooftop. No, no. Mass Effect. Come you on, really man. you really want a Mirror's Edge sequel? Is that what you're telling us? Okay, yes, there's a Mirror's Edge. Nobody cares on this podcast. I don't care about it. Okay? I even like Asian protag- chick protagonist. I'm married to an Asian woman. I don't care about that damn game. It looks so boring. Mass Effect Andromeda. Come on, people. So the trilogy is over. We were wondering what was going to happen with Mass Effect. We found out at E3. Who wants to talk about it? I, I missed this segment of the Okay. <laughs> the next Mass Effect game now has a title. It's Mass Effect Andromeda. It starts a new tale following the whole Commander Shepard story from the original trilogy. So it takes place afterwards? Yes, yes. Check it, check it out. You're going to be leaving the Milky Way and exploring... And the Andromeda Galaxy. So you get to you get to pick between male and female because you know we're all about gender equality here. And uh, and there's a new Mako vehicle, which is what everyone's really wondering. Uh, so yeah, and it's supposed to come out early, no, late next year on the PC, PlayStation Four, Xbox One. Super exciting, Mass Effect Andromeda. Very cool. Well, I'm glad to hear uh, they're moving to a different galaxy because that kind of prevents the mess of trying to figure out, you know what ending is canon from the previous trilogy or whatnot. So that's, that's kind of cool. Speaking of, you know, moving someplace else, a, a franchise that I'm sure all of you know and love, my wife actually loves this franchise very much, is migrating from the PC over to the Xbox One. Uh, it, you know, and it features a series of incredible adventures of a particular Kingdom, Kingdom vampire hunter. No! We didn't even know! <laughs> On Xbox One, no. Incredible. No, Think no, about no, this. No, no, no. Kingdom Incredible. Hearts is coming to Xbox One. No, no. Okay, listen carefully. Incredible <laughs> adventures, like none you've ever imagined before. Something Miss? to do with vampires. No, Miss. Where, what the hell? No, it's the Incredible Adventures of Van Helsing. It's coming oh. to the Xbox One. This is a great action RPG. Uh, you know, series, my wife loves it. If you like action RPGs, it's coming to your Xbox One, okay? Gosh, dang, they just announced. What is wrong with you people? Do you not read the news? Good grief. Gosh, dang. All right, I mean, dang it, dang it, dang it. <laughs> PC podcast, PC podcast. Gosh, is there is there anything else? I'm kidding. I, I don't... South Park? South Park, yeah. yeah. There's just all these sequels, and that's what I'm saying. You know, So head over, rpgamer.com forward slash event forward slash E3 dash 2015. I'll just Google it. Wait, E3. wait. I think you are forgetting something. There's a link over on the left-hand side for all of our E3 news. Hey, Mike, I got a question for you. Uh, you... I do not recommend buying that particular stock right now. Okay. You've played a lot of Final Fantasy games, right? I have. What would you say is the best Final Fantasy game of all time? Six. Okay, what is, is the best? Answer. What yes, is the what is the best Final Fantasy of the uh, of the game? More the three D polygon uh, uh, Final Fantasy games. Nine. Uh, 
Yeah, that'd be nine, I think. Okay, okay, oh, grief. All right, all right. What is the maybe best? You should, maybe you should stop using such. Uh, dis- what is such the subjective adjectives? What is the most, most popular or what most... is the most beloved Final Fantasy between six and nine? Tactics. <laughs> okay, no, damn it! No, it's Final Fantasy. So, what is wrong with you people? What is wrong with you people? Okay, people love Final Fantasy VII. Okay, what is so hard to get? Oh, come on. I'm supposed to be experts on this panel. Experts. <laughs> Damn, you're going to drive me to drive. I need another vodka. Where's my where's Where's you're my talking bartender? Talking to someone whose first Final Fantasy game was Crystal Chronicles. I'm oh, the wrong person. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Oh, man, right. Did you play that multiplayer? Uh, I think I popped uh, a vein. With my sister, yes. Nice. Uh, Most of the time. Popped a vein in my awesome forehead. Okay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Phew. I, this was a big. I, I, I'm sorry. Was I supposed to say that I unequivocally love Final Fantasy VII in every way, shape, and form everybody, because I'm a mindless drone? Yes, everybody. <laughs> lo- everybody knows Final Fantasy VII is the most awesome JRPG ever made. Okay. Man. Well, if you believe the internet, then yeah, I guess it is. Good grief! It's the well, most popular one. Apparently, Square Enix undeniable. Appar- apparently, Square Enix and Sony think so too because. It got announced that that trailer we saw years ago that showed a little bit of high def. It was like a tech demo of Final Fantasy VII opening rendered in high definition. Started a bunch of rumors that they were possibly doing a remake. They are finally doing a remake on the PlayStation Four. Yay! Yay! Well, well I'm I'm actually excited for this just because it's another. JRPG on yes. the PS4? I agree with you, Michael. I'm not a huge... I personally am Let's not a huge... Let's face it, it's, it's not hard to improve on Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> yeah, you see, that's the thing. It needs a... It really needs a remake, and it could end up being really awesome, so... I, I might as, actually understand as, the plot this time. As, I may, as cynical as I may, I, may, I may be about Final Fantasy VII, uh, I'm very curious... I, I'm right there with you, Apps. My, my, of course, my favorite one is six. Um, but, uh, um, but yeah, uh, I, 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 and I, I was, I mean, I like, I played seven right when it came out, and I loved the, 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 the graphical upgrade. But the, but the plot ultimately lost me. I never felt the need to go back and experience again the way I did with four and six. Um, and, and the graphics did not age well at all. Um, no. And and I've had people explain to me that what you need to do to understand Final Fantasy VII is to read this web page. And I would click <laughs> on the link, and it was like a 35-page dissertation. Uh, so I'm really hoping that the translate a retranslation job will make this much more understandable. But the but the trailer looked awesome. I don't know if that was in 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 game cinematics, but uh, I, I mean, obviously PlayStation Four is capable of doing some very beautiful things. Uh, it, uh, so that's going to be awesome. But yes, I think what I'm most exciting about Michael Apps is it has been so long since we've had a traditional Final Fantasy experience on the major consoles not the handhelds we have Bradley yeah. default we have a number of of other games out there dragon quest uh you know nine or ten or whatever it is but but the dang when was the last time we had a real honest i remember when t- even 10 came out i was super excited i bought it right away it's beautiful music beautiful graphics turn-based sort of active turn-based you know combat system and then it jumped the shark, you know, with twelve, and it got much worse with thirteen. And I'm not saying thirteen isn't a fun game. What? In its own twelve right. is awesome. Okay, yeah, all right, take it back. It is pretty fun, but it isn't the traditional final. And it just got like further and further. Lightning returns. What the hell is that? I just 
<laughs> I've been dying for a, a a a real traditional and everything I see about Type Zero and and whatever. I'm not saying that those aren't great games in and of their own right. I haven't even tried them. I can't Type judge Zero's them yet. Not a great game. Okay, it's not a great game. There you go. <laughs> Proves my point. No, I, I'm just saying I'm dying for that traditional, you know, active turn based, party based JRPG experience, but with the cinematics and music. Brought to my modern day machine. And Bravely Default, as awesome as it is, that's not it. It's a handheld console. It's chibi heads. There's only so much they can do with the power of that. Imagining that in high definition, wow. That just brings me back to the old days. So uh, I, I, I kind of feel a little bit of that energy again. I'm super excited. I honestly feel like companies have dropped have dropped the ball on this a bit. I, I think that something like this, you know, uh, you know, like a turn-based RPG, I think that could sell. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think uh, there's, like, some kind of uh, dislike from that. I, uh, you know, I, I, I don't really get why Final Fantasy has to be real-time or action or whatnot, which, you and know, it sounds like, sounds like I, I'm not interested in Final Fantasy XV, which is the exact opposite of the truth. But uh, I just think that... Uh, there's this desire for this kind of RPG out there that it seems to be eluding the supposed marketing geniuses of these companies. Yeah, uh, no, I would absolutely agree I, I, with you. Yeah, I don't think like the frothing demand for this game is just about Final Fantasy VII, is what I'm trying to say. Mm. Yeah, I I would agree with you because if you, granted, I don't know how I don't know how niche I am or how much of the minority I am, but yeah, if you tell me there's a high quality JRPG. That's one of the few games that I'll go out and buy new anymore. I, there's a very short list of games I'm willing to pay $60 for anymore. Most games, I will wait for a sale, you know, and that's assuming if they review well. But, boy, you know. And Final Fantasy has recently gone that list for me uh, ever since Lightning Returns. But, yeah, this, <laughs> this, this will make it back on the pre-order again. And you're right. It's not just Final Fantasy VII. And for me, because Final Fantasy VII wasn't a super positive experience, it's not the Final Fantasy nay, It's not the Final Fantasy VII brand for me personally anyways that's making me want to go out and buy this you know and pre-order it it's the fact that it's a bloody jrpg on my playstation 4 with a with a with i'm presuming it's going to have some sort of traditional jrpg combat system with the storytelling that that i love from square edix so uh yeah that yeah and will probably make more sense this time around. Yeah, maybe. that will hopefully, hopefully make more sense. Yeah, I, I had a feeling that when I played Final Fantasy VII that there was a great tale waiting to be. And there, it had its moments. I just couldn't put the whole narrative together logically in my head. By the time I fought Sephiroth, I figured he was trying to destroy the world. I sort of needed to destroy him. I couldn't figure out why Cloud kept grabbing his head. Someone explained that to me. I'm still a little confused on that. Um, but that, yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Oh my gosh, the Golden Sphere in high definition. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's just wow. Um, you know, fighting... I'm kind of hope, kind of hoping, knock on wood, that uh, if this does well, it'll lead to more just like classic turn-based RPGs on these high-def systems. Right, and that's why I saved this for last. If we do one thing in this podcast today, boys and girls, support this because uh, you know pre-order and whatever have you send that signal to them. I mean that JRPGs on the major consoles 
that there is a demand, a significant demand out there worthy of their time and attention. Um, Money talks. Yes, Mm -hmm. because really as much as I just absolutely adore Hyper Dimension Neptuna remake model 3.20, whatever, I'm looking for something a little beefant. So, all right, cool. Um, I don't think you have enough Neptunia games, Phil. That's clear. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you know, and that, just just to say one last thing on that, Sure. Considering you brought up the Neptunia games, I think that's kind of part of the reason why the games like that sell, just because there's this. Yeah. You know, there's the, nowhere the, else. I know from... Those those definitely only sell to the niche gamers, but there's the, there's the desire for that kind of game, and I think You're... I really think it's bigger than just the niche gamers. It's just, you know, those happen to only appeal to the niche gamers. Yeah, I hope you're right, because I mean, right, because a lot of times I buy I'll buy games like that, because, you know, because I have nowhere else to take. I've got every Artinelical and and everything, not Artinelical, what's the what was the series after that? Um, Atelier. Yeah. Freaking game, because on the PlayStation 3 JRPGs were few and far between, and they aren't yeah. bad games, but they're not Final Fantasy either. But that was the only place, uh, you know, that was the only JRPG, traditional JRPGs. Those were one of the few, um, Eternal Sonata, which was really brought over from the Xbox, and a few others. It's just really been sparse lately. Yeah, take my money, Square. Build us some more. Br- bring me, uh, what's it called? Uh, Bravely Default in high definition with regular looking people, not chibi heads. <laughs> My wife, I told my wife to play uh, Bravely Default because she likes uh, she likes some of the older Final Fantasy games. But she takes one look at her chibi head. She's like, "Nope." Some people just won't uh-huh. click. Yeah, but I'm you know, adorable personally. You know, I'm wondering if companies are starting to notice because you look at the the next Tales game, which only came out for PS3 in Japan, mm-hmm. is coming out here on PS4, PS3, and PC. Uh, Kind of tells me something. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, we're going to wrap this up, but uh, and we're not the topical banner. But I have one more. I have one observation and one question, follow-up question from that observation. The, the, again, this is probably the first time ever that we kind of did like an E3 roundup on an RPG backtrack. And the the reason is my observation, as you guys have seen, is there is a lot of retro gaming and a mm-hmm. lot of um, sequels from. Um, uh, from series from the past, the RPG past that we've grown up to, to, to we've talked about here in the RPG backtrack. Every single one of these games that we talked about now, we've talked about an RPG backtrack in the past. So here's my question for the panel tonight: Why? Why is it this year? Why is it? Why are we seeing a resurgence of even Star Ocean for crying out loud? <laughs> uh, yeah, I kind of expected another Fallout at some point. That's a that's a no brainer. But another Mass Effect that was that was probably a given. That was pretty much a given. But man, we're seeing like the Star Oceans. We're seeing the Final Fantasy remake finally that people have clamored for 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 you know a number of years, almost a decade. Years. Yeah. So <laughs> why why here? Why now? And why some of these games like Star Ocean and stuff? Is it is it because of what you're saying apps is is that what this is? Maybe they're they're are they finally realizing there's this pin up demand for this, and they're going back to those wells? I think uh, it makes sense. You um, have an opinion, Cassandra? Uh, just what we said earlier. Just uh, you know, a dearth of these games on home consoles. You've got uh, the popularity of you know things like going to PSN or Steam, even the virtual console, though maybe it's less so. It's just you know people want to want to experience these old games and want you know follow-ups to these older games or slightly forgotten games yeah i I think that's one of the big things retro is big and there's a lot of places you can read and discuss retro games so i think a lot of these franchises are popular beyond just like the people that grew up with them Mm -hmm. 
You know, one thing I've one thing one thing I kind of noticed is Steam's got its big uh, summer sale going on, and if you look at their front page, it's very crowded. They've only got so much space to go there, uh, so. Um, I'm sure they're limited on the number of sales they can plop on that front page every 24 hours. But you do see a number of retro, of retro games there. And I'm presuming that if it was a super niche audience and only a few people were clicking and buying those games, they wouldn't take up precious real estate on their front page. Um, you know, I mean, it might be at a discount, but people are buying these games. So, yeah. all right. Cool. Uh, normally we do kind of a roundup ask what y'all are playing, but it's getting late, so we'll save it for the next show. Um, and just thank you all so much for being on this podcast, Miss Cassandra, Mr. Apps, and uh, and the Mr. Minky for putting this all together. It really does the hard work back here. Uh, but sometimes. I do. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> uh, we, I do want to remind everybody, hey, check out, uh, check out our website, rpgamer.com, your source for news, reviews, and home to the best gaming community on the net. Uh, and honestly, if you're like me and you're super, super busy and you just want all of the great RPG news, you, you, you're going to find it all right there. If you're looking for just the E3 stuff, Cassandra and her team, they're working super, super hard to get that up there very, very quickly. And I find that very valuable because it's just the RPG news and it's not cluttered with all that silly stuff about Uncharted and crap. Big thanks to Alex Fuller, the news director. He's doing a bulk of it, especially since I, I can't do it from work anymore. So I just clean up where I can. Seriously, big thanks to him to picking up a lot of the slack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he gets a ton done. Oh, yeah. He does. Quite impressive. Uh, yeah. So just a ton of stuff going up on there. And not only the E3 stuff, but we have a lot of other stuff you can uh, you can read up there. We have an article from Zach about uh, different TV shows, the anime and the such that were inspired by RPG with contributions from the staff from what I understand. We've got impressions up of, uh, of some new games coming out on the horizon, um, a review up of Awake and Fate Ultimatum. And, uh, just, <laughs> uh, well, uh, yeah, well, you know, not everything could be a good game, you know? Uh, yeah. Whew. We got, we got a feature about, uh, our favorite ladies in RPGs, uh, just all kinds of really great stuff there on our, our website. And most importantly, we got a forum where you can get involved and jump in on the discussion and talk to us about your favorite games. Share your thoughts about our podcast. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. You can do that at forums.rpgamer.com. We have a thread for each one of our uh, podcasts that we do. If you, just a quick little reminder, if you want to, if you're listening, some people like to binge listen to, uh, to RPG Backtrack. You've got comments about some of the old shows as you're listening through them. Just put it on the newest thread. Put it on the newest show. Uh, that we've done and we'll read your questions and comments and thoughts right here on the air if you'd rather email me i'm jc servant of cyberlight comics mr minky is albert odyssey at hotmail.com if you're a tweety type of person i'm at jc servant and uh he's at a jew mason that's s-y-n there at the end and not the sin they teach in church apparently uh so you can you can direct message us through a twitter and if you're following me on twitter i do some giveaways every now and again so woohoo um, as well, I like to chit-chat about games on Twitter, too. So uh, on behalf of the staff, we thank you for listening. Mr. Minky, do you have anything you want to share before we go to bed? Nothing that won't hold for the next time. Uh, yeah, you're all spoony, probably. So um, just go be go experience something spoony on your own. Night.
Thank you.